0: Chapter 1. This is the story behind one of the greatest manhunts in history. Maybe you read about it, or rather what they let you read about it... ...probably is some minor item buried somewhere on a back page. However, what happened in that city between May 16th and May 28th of this year... ...was so incredible that to this day the facts have been suppressed... ...in a massive effort to save certain political careers from disaster... ...and law enforcement officials from embarrassment this will be the last time I will ever discuss these events with anyone. So when you have finished this bizarre account, judge for yourself its believability. And then try to tell yourself, wherever you may be, it couldn't happen here.
1: Welcome to this bonus episode of the Movie Client Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David, and this is my wife, Sherry. And on this episode, we'll be covering the TV movie, The Night Stalker, from 1972. And I guess, uh, starting off here, we'll give a, uh, let Sherry give her, her first uh, viewings of this film. What's your history with this one?
2: I had seen some of the TV show, but I had never seen the movies.
1: Oh yeah, so did you even know that there was a movie no. or anything? No, not at all. Mm-mm. Mm.
2: So just twice for the mo- the podcast. So
1: just twice, okay. My history with this is I had actually seen the TV show before I seen these movies because there was two of them: this one and the Night Strangler.
2: Did the movie come first, and yeah. then it spun yeah. off into a show? Yeah, okay.
1: uh, that's kind that makes of sense. yeah. But I remember watching this one and the Night Strangler back to back on TV one day, and that was the first time I'd seen it i was blown away by how not only how good it was but it was a little different than the tv series but not a whole lot but this is just one i mean i'm gonna kind of spoil my review at the end to me this is probably one of the best tv movies i've ever seen hands down as far as how well it's done and but this is just one I have enjoyed so much over the years. Carl Kolchak is like one of my favorite characters ever, just you know how just the kind of person he is. So I was actually looking forward to doing this movie. I've been looking forward to this for a while because we actually had this planned for nearly a year yeah. before we even got it done. So like I said, I'm very happy to finally be at this one because I think I'm gonna really enjoy going digging deep into this movie uh with that i guess what we're going to do is we're going to drop a. we have a trailer for this one yeah correct it's okay. one of
2: those tv spot trailers <laughs> okay so
1: it'll be a very brief trailer yeah. probably <laughs> so but after that we will come back with the cast and crew and uh then the plot breakdown
0: the movie of the week ABC presents an original motion picture, produced especially for the Movie of the Week. Tonight, on the Movie of the Week. May I introduce myself? My name is Kolshak of the Daily Chronicle. Skull Shack reports the bizarre, the supernatural. The unexplainable. You again is another crazy story. This nut thinks he is a vampire. You know what I call that? Irresponsible yellow journalism. He has killed four, maybe five women. <coughs> I saw that so-called super killer wipe up the streets with your so-called police force. They don't want any help from amateur bloodhounds like you. Well, I've been a reporter for 22 years. I've been a police officer for 30. Well, then why don't you retire? <coughs> Each man of the field is issued one of these, and uh, one of these. Are you suggesting that we pound one of these into Scorsone's in chest? No, no, into his heart. Darren McGavin, The Night Stalker.
1: Okay, The Night Stalker, nineteen seventy-two, the year I was born. Wow this movie is 50 years old 50 years old yeah. oh god that just sent chills up my spine <laughs> but uh i guess we'll start off here with the director john i think L- llewellyn not moxie i never can say his name right and he was like a very prolific kind of director i think mostly tv <clears throat> i think i've seen very little in the way of uh, actual theatrical movies but I think he kind of looked at film as film no matter where it's at. You know, yeah. If it's on TV or theaters or wherever. But he directed such things as Sanctuary of Fear, The Solitary Man, Panic and Echo Park, and Genesis 2. And he passed away in 2019 at the age of 94. And that's one of the things I'm going to come into on this. Uh, I think everybody in the main cast I wrote down has passed away. Oh, wow. Now. Yeah that kind of threw me off as i was doing this well
2: i mean you gotta think a lot of them are older in this movie yes that's true yeah i guess it just they probably died in the 80s 90s it
1: just i guess i just sit sit there and look at like well hell i'm still alive but then i got to thinking i was (laughs) born the year this (laughs) this came out like toward the end of the year this movie came but next we have uh darren mcgavin as kolchek carl kolchek and he appeared in such films as Airport 77, Hot Lead and Cold Feet, Raw Deal, and of course, he was the dad in A Christmas Story yes. that everybody watches every year at Christmas time. And he passed away in 2006, which uh, I still remember when they, Canada came on the news about that oh, when I he passed. That was very sad news to me because I was a big fan of his oh, early years.
2: The Christmas Store Dad!
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as like I said, I mean, every movie I've ever seen him in, he was just great he played mike hammer you know detective you know mike hammer he just he was just in a he i think he was in the original pilot of six million dollar man also and just stuff like that he was just all over the place so i mean he's just like one of these actors you'll never see again and next we have carol lindley as gail foster And she appeared in such films as The Poseidon Adventure, Beware the Blob, Blackout, and Spirits. And she passed away in 2019. And next we have Simon Oakland is Vincenzo. And he appeared in such films as Psycho, West Side Story, Bullet, and Follow That Dream. And he passed away in 1983. And then we move to Ralph Meeker as Bernie. And he appeared in such films as Paths of Glory, Kiss Me Deadly, The Dirty Dozen, and Without Warning. And once again, he passed away in 1988. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're seeing a pattern. A lot of these people <laughs> are, are no longer with us. Mm. <laughs> and next we go to Claude Akins as Sheriff Butcher which I always like that name, last name Butcher. I never heard anybody with that last name until this movie. And he appeared in a movie that will be coming up in the near future on the podcast, Battle of the Planet of the Apes. He was in Rio Bravo, Inherit the Wind, and the Cane Mutiny. But a lot of people probably my age know him as Sheriff Lobo. From BJ and the Bear and the Sheriff Lobo TV series. Yep. And Homer Simpson's favorite TV show. (laughs) But yeah, that's where I know him the the most is from Matt. Really. God, I watched that so much when I was a kid. And next we have Charles McGraw as Chief Masterson. And he appeared in such films as Spartacus, The Birds, Narrow Margin, Hang 'em High, and Hang 'em High. He passed away in 1980. And I think, did I say when Claude Aikens passed away? He was uh, passed away in 94. Like I said, it's just like everybody's gone from this movie. <laughs> and finally, I have Barry Atwater as a Janos Scorzini. And he appeared in such shows as Star Trek, Gunsmoke, Kung Fu, and Canon. I mean, he was mainly another one of these guys. He just worked in TV wherever mm-hmm. you could go. I think, uh, you know, steady worker basically. And he passed away in 1978. Wow! So actually, not too long after Six this movie years. was out. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know think about that till I just we'll seen see that.
2: See what he died of? I, Stroke.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, that didn't even dawn on me until wow. I just looked at that. So, but do you have anybody you want to mention or no. anything in particular? Okay, uh, I guess what we're going to do here, we're going to go into the film proper, and like I said, this is a 50-year-old movie, as we've already made it uh, clear. (laughs) We're going to be spoiling this movie, so if you've never seen it, which is a 50-year-old movie, if you haven't seen it, I don't know, you know. (laughs) Well, I haven't seen it. Well, you haven't seen it, but... (laughs) You know, if you're a fan of these kinds of movies, let me put it that way. If you're a fan of these kinds of movies and you ain't seen it, go check it out. <laughs> Jerry's there, a
2: weirdo. <laughs> well, there's a
1: good, there's a great Blu-ray of it out right now. This and the sequel, for that matter, and the TV series. So check it out if you don't want to be spoiled. But outside that, we're going to be spoiling the hell out of this movie. Mm-hmm. So be prepared for that. But with that, we're going to go into the film. And we open on an old tape recorder.
2: Yes, uh,
1: old uh, cassette tape recorder, which um, it was probably
2: <laughs>
1: top of the line stuff back in 1972. I would assume, anyway. <laughs> you know, I'll have to. You know, I'll, I'll just say that's what it is. And this movie is pretty much gonna be told. There's you're gonna see. There's a lot of voiceover. Yeah, in this movie for Coltac. Yeah, because what he does is he gets down, turns the recorder on and just kind of lays down on the bed and is listening to this recording. And what it sounds like is he has recorded a book he's writing into Mm -hmm. these cassette tapes.
0: Right.
1: Kind of start out here is chapter one. And he says basically this is a story behind one of the greatest manhunts in history. He said he might have read about it or what they let you read about it he said, what happened in the city between May 16th and May 28th was so incredible that the facts have been suppressed in an effort to save certain political careers from disaster and law enforcement officials from embarrassment. He said, this will be the last time I will discuss these events with anyone. So when you finish this bizarre account, judge for yourself, it's believability and try to tell yourself wherever you are, maybe it, it could happen here. It couldn't happen. Couldn't happen
0: here. happen
1: here. Yeah. Okay, so we're already setting up that we're going into a flashback.
2: The voiceover kind of continues, and we see a woman. Yes. Kind of standing in the street, Or she's at on a. I think this is like the
1: Las Vegas a, Strip. The Strip, yeah. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. is and this is interesting because this is Las Vegas before it really got big. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just a, basically like one strip. Now it's yeah. like a. A playground for mm-hmm. adults yeah you know but here is just like i think it's just like one solitary stretch yeah
2: um, she's waiting for a friend to pick her up and this is cheryl hughes and he says she is 23 and it gives like her weight and height yeah yes yes And i guess she decides to just go just walk on i think a man tries to talk to her or something and she just kind of waves him off and then leaves
1: yeah yeah she's basically yeah it's like some guy's trying to hit on her yeah. or something like that and she ain't having none of it so yeah. i think she's like waiting for a ride but then she's like i'm no, just I'm gonna go gonna and walk here. home and colchette says what she doesn't know is she's en route to her dome basically
2: she starts up an alley alleyway and suddenly like a hand comes out and grabs her
1: yeah a hand comes out and grabs her by the neck and pulls her and kind of like throws her into this heap of garbage in the alley
2: well, you you see him struggling at first, and he's making hissing noises. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's You're right. Like,
2: what the heck? And then he throws her into, like you said, in the boxes, and he's hissing as he walks toward her. Yeah. And then the scene kind of ends. Yeah, you don't see, see what, what happens. happens.
1: But what you do see is, I guess it's the next day, and there's garbage men who are mm-hmm. going to get garbage in the alley, and then one of them pulls a can, and there's uh, her hand arm yeah. falls out of yeah. the garbage can. So. Uh, needless to say cheryl hughes uh, had a <laughs> had, had, yeah. had a bad end needless <laughs> to say but then we cut to a uh, medical examiner's office and this is where we get our title card the night stalker
2: mm-hmm. and i
1: like how this scene is shot because it's almost like you're the body
2: yeah looking up at the, do- looking at up the, at the end. corner
1: and they're doing an autopsy and everything and as as we're going over to credits here And you know they're doing, and then they start looking at like, okay, there's something odd here. What is this?
2: Cutting into her with a scalpel, and they're like, that's odd.
1: Yeah, that's odd.
2: And he keeps cutting into her, and he's and he says there's no evidence of dependent lividity, lividity, lividity either. Go back to the chest plate, please, or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, but basically he's cutting into her. And he knows that something's wrong, and he's almost very surprised by what he finds. And he looks over at his people and says, "Don't tell anybody." He says, "I'm calling the DA." You don't really—he don't give specifically Mm-mm. specifics on what he finds here.
2: He tells them to go on to the gross worker on the internal organs, and he's going to call the district attorney. And he tells them, "Don't talk about this." Yeah,
1: yeah, like, yeah. Keep, keep, keep a lid mm-hmm. on what we just seen here. And then we cut to check uh in his uh i think what was it kind of i think it's kind of a mustang i can't remember exactly what kind it's of car like a he was driving, convertible. Like a convertible kind of a car and you know of course this is voiceover and he says he was brought in on this thing two days later and from a vacation you know he's basically been all i guess out of town on vacation yeah,
2: and he said this is the first vacation he'd had in two and a half years yes. and he got jerked off of it because nobody's capable of of the paper handling it by him.
1: And you kind of almost wonder when you hear this, if it's just kind of hubris on his part, a little bit full of himself, you know, because he kind of sees himself as a little bit more loftier than what he is. You know, you kind of wonder about that, you know. And then we go to uh, the newspaper office. We see uh, Tony uh, Vincenzo. Or no, wait a minute. No, he talks about Tony in the car, right?
2: Yeah, he says his dad left him
1: yeah, left the day he was born, and then he wonders why his mother didn't leave shortly afterwards.
2: He says, I, "I wonder why she didn't leave him too." <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <There laughs> when we you go. see
2: see how this man acts, you know why I mean yeah, he says he, that. Yeah,
1: he's very uh, <laughs> uh, blustery and very, yeah, but yeah. Then we're at the office. I think
2: everybody's moody in this movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's some moodiness that's for sure. And Colchett's in the office, and literally, Vincenzo slams a, a some papers in his hand.
2: No, he throws it in his hat.
1: Throws it in his hat. Oh yeah, that's right. Did you see what
2: Colchett said when he came in? He Mm -hmm. said, Good morning slaves. Yeah, morning slaves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Well, that's accurate. Colchett looks at this and he's like you know he almost acts like this is beneath him it's like some kind of you know second rate murder
2: yeah he's like this is two days old and it's a two day old third rate murder
1: yeah you know he has like you know why are you handing me this this is almost like it's it's beneath me he's like can
2: somebody else take this story and the editor's like They have other assignments.
1: Yeah, so this one's yours.
2: Kolchak says, you're beautiful when you're angry. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Editor, which he tells him them just about every time, get out.
1: Yeah, get out. Yeah, yeah, Vincenzo, (laughs) that's one of uh, Kolchak's favorite lines to him, is get out. Yeah. (laughs) Then we, I guess we cut to county general. And Kolchak goes in there and, you know, he sees, I guess, what he says is one of his spies. I guess it's one of the medical examiners.
2: Most reliable spy. Yeah,
1: his most reliable spy. He asks why it was, what's the undetermined under the cause of death, basically. And he says it was unusual. She had lost a lot of blood you know Colchett just kind of hears this and he's like well that's what so what that's unusual he doesn't really think anything about it he just seems like i said he seems very impressed and he's like well this isn't pure surprise material here you know he's looking at lofty you see this movie as it goes along he's wanting to get that big story so he can get back to you know the the big apple i guess you could say because
2: he's starting to get older and he needs that he needs a story that'll get him get
1: him back, back in the big leagues. The big
2: legs, the big yeah. leagues,
1: yeah. So you know, like I say, he just kind of misses it, dismisses this whole thing like, meh, loss of blood, you know, there ain't no no big whoop. And then we cut to uh, I think this is the Gold Dust Saloon, it's a fine establishment, I guess, in Las Vegas.
2: He's meeting one of Cheryl's co-workers which he says it's also his friend, Gail, Gail this Foster. Is,
1: this is Gail Foster. You know, Gail's just basically like, you know, she feels sorry for Cheryl, what happened, and she said, and she says, Gail never had a boyfriend or dated the same guy twice.
2: She didn't think she liked men.
1: Yeah, and that's very strange here. Because she
2: said she even took karate classes in case one got fresh with her. I don't know if that was admission that she was gay. Or bi. Or bi or whatever. Yeah, something
1: like it. Yeah, I know. I was was thinking that, too. Now, you
2: can be straight and not like men.
1: Well, that's true, too. (laughs) Yeah. But it says she was a brown belt. Which is interesting because she of didn't how this fight met. back at yeah, all. She didn't have she couldn't put much of a struggle against <clears> whatever <throat> it was against but That was one of the catches yeah. right there. I'm like, wow, she was a brown belt and she didn't stand a chance against this no. person. Colchit just kind of takes all this in and uh, Cheryl's kind of waved away or not Cheryl, uh Gail's kinda of waved away by somebody and then she walks off
2: kisses him on the cheek though
1: it kind of shows that they got kind of some like a little relationship or maybe yeah. something going on or...
2: she's considerably younger than him
1: i've had a few people point <laughs> that out to me when they have watched this movie I can't remember how old mcgavin was when he did this movie
2: he looks in his 40s i will say 40s. i will
1: say maybe some, somewhere in his 40s yeah. i can't remember specifically then we get a uh... You know, kind of a voiceover, you know, like the the town of Las Vegas, you know, one murdered woman wouldn't hardly leave a ripple, but then he said the ripple started. Things are starting to heat up now. Yeah,
2: we get another body that's been found. looked like it was off the interstate or something.
1: Yep, it's on Thursday, May 20th at 7.02 a.m. Wow. And the police officers arrive, and this is our first look at Sheriff Butcher. And he's there with some some other officers, and Kolchak pulls up in his vehicle. And what we see is there's a body in this like little culvert uh, area.
2: Cop mentions that there's no footprints around her. Yeah, where uh, she's laying in she's, the sand.
1: She's laying in the middle of sand down in this culvert. There's no footprints around this. The body. only
2: tracks that they make are, are there. Yeah, but they, there's they nothing make. else.
1: Yeah they go down to the body they've you know you find out this woman's name is bonnie reynolds a uh, waitress she's a waitress at the harem room casino so another
2: another nightlife person yeah
1: the body's turned over and there's blood on this woman's throat like a little smattering of blood
2: colchak's yeah, like look at her throat
1: yeah lost a lot of blood
2: yeah and the cop nearby says she must have lost a lot of blood and colchak says cheryl hughes lost a lot of blood and the sheriff looks up at him like strangely and says how do you know that they don't know he has a spy at the hospital yeah but that's what but they're that, like why do you yeah. how do you know that yeah, that, that wasn't in the newspaper yeah that's
1: something they kept on the down low yeah. yeah exactly butcher looks up and they found a purse up there
2: yeah he says it looks like there was a struggle up here and then the sheriff's like but there's no footprints between the struggle site and where she's laying
1: so basically bonnie was thrown a good distance into this culvert 22 feet so she was flung i mean mm-hmm. somebody had been strong to throw mm-hmm. a woman that far now we're back uh newspaper mm-hmm. okay and vincenzo is there this is i got some messed up notes here so you're going to bear with me i had a, a sabrina problem once again <laughs> and he's going over the article that Kolchak is writing or the the notes or
2: something that Kolchak's writing yeah and kolchek's kind of wanting to tie in this second murder with the first one and the editor's kind of like i don't think they're anything to do with each other Kolchak's like cheryl lost a lot of blood too and and then he also asked him where did you hear that from
1: yeah yeah there you go once again yeah. Uh, know
2: Kolchik has spies everywhere well, yeah yeah he's got he's <laughs> that's how pe- a reporter does
1: yeah he's got his uh, little inside Connections. sources and everything <laughs> And, you know, like I said, yeah, who said Cheryl died of blood loss? And then he's like some kind of byline, superhuman madman in the city, which sounds like something on the National Enquirer, you know, kind of paper, them old tabloid papers. Yeah, that's what that sounds the like the
2: editor's like, I expect you to report, not come up with fairy tales.
1: I think this is one point Tony tells him, you just want to get this big byline
2: yeah. or
1: a big story to get back to the big city and out of the sticks basically <laughs>
2: las vegas yeah
1: well at the time las vegas it was isn't the sti- yet. yeah 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 this is pre boom of las yeah. vegas really i mean this is something that i like about the Kolchak character is that he's not a lily white person no you know, he's not the good guy to be the good guy he just kind of yeah. falls into being the good guy when mm-hmm. it's all said and done
2: and he likes to report the news whether good or bad
1: well he there you go he just wants to the, report truth, the truth out there for better or worse yeah the truth out there like uh well oh, it of, should be yeah which is the X Files, which uh, <laughs> a lot of this uh tv movie was a uh, from before, or, or what was spurned from it
2: before he can leave that editor tells him quit bugging the police department yeah that they'll know that they'll let them know when something happens
1: yeah and tells them basically quit with the fairy tales
2: Tolchak just kind of bangs his head against the door frame. Which, (laughs)
1: from what I understand, the guy that wrote the original novel that this was based on, he said that was something he did a lot when he worked in the newspaper business in Las Vegas because of just dealing with this kind of crap. But then we cut to, was it, Friday, May 21st at 8.06 a.m. And then we... Cut to, I guess it's inside of an apartment
2: or somewhere, and mm-hmm. there's a
1: body on the floor of a, another woman.
2: This is Carol Hinochek. Heno,
1: Hinochek. I
2: mean, she looks totally pale. Yes. Um, Blood
1: on her throat, yet again.
2: She's a swing cocktail waitress from the Bird of Paradise Show Lounge.
1: Yep. And she was killed, they said, shortly after she got home at 2 15 a.m.
2: Yeah, her roommate was there, but it made me think. In this scene, is like, okay, you got like all these women disappearing. Is this a customer that goes in those well, places all the time? You could think
1: that. You could yeah. Think, and he's just kind of casing. Like, this is someone limits. that
2: is around these women all the time, and they didn't probably yep. know it. Yeah, it
1: would make sense. And like I said, there's a roommate there, and the roommate was asleep in another room while she was killed. So she didn't even hear, it was so quick.
2: Yeah, she came in and then she drank some milk and she went and opened the back door and she was attacked there.
1: Yes. You know, so we're what, on victim number three.
2: Kolchak, he tries to speak to the police after he talks to her and they kind of wave him off. They don't want to hear nothing he has to say. Yeah,
1: well, naturally,
2: yeah. And he said, and his voiceover comes over and it says, this was the time when people stopped talking.
1: Yeah, because they're already starting to notice that we're starting to see We've got
2: at least a serial killer or something weird with all these women drained of blood.
1: Yeah, yeah, something very odd.
2: That's not normal?
1: Particularly (laughs) in that way, no. Yeah. But then uh, Colchick goes to uh, talk to his friend Bernie. And Bernie's from the Bureau, which I assume means from the FBI talking to bernie about you know the blood losses and stuff like that and bernie's even kind of says the same thing you know so much yeah
2: where did you find that out he ain't gonna tell them no no
1: but he tells culture there's nothing for them to look at right now which is odd Mm
2: -hmm. because i'm like
1: if you have three women women. murdered in a similar way you would think that they that would be like okay you got three victims yeah three weird yeah so i don't know
2: he also, Bernie also tells him, get out of the police's face and let them do their job. Yeah, there you go. It's just like you're already getting this pattern that they don't want him around. Oh,
1: well, yeah. culture he asks
2: a lot of questions. Colchick's a
1: pest. Yeah. Well, it's
2: his job to be a pest. Yeah,
1: and I mean, particularly on the TV show, he was a big spring <laughs> pest. But, you know, and he, and he just, Colchick just says, fine, 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 basically. And he said, just, he asked Bernie, can you just check around stuff? And he actually asked some questions that it would be logical for the police to ask. But they don't seem to be asking. And he asked, you know, any other similar murders. People in the same asylums. Anyone who released who thinks he's Count Dracula. Because this is the first point. Even though, spoiler alert, this is a vampire in this movie. (laughs) Kolchak isn't willing to jump on and say it's a vampire. No,
2: but it's weird.
1: But he says maybe this is a person who feels like he's a vampire yeah
2: trying to live their life like a vampire
1: yeah there you go he's not sitting there jumping into this is a vampire he doesn't believe it himself but he says maybe it's some nutcase who thinks he's one
2: and bernie says he'll think about it and he comments that the police are somewhat believing what kolchak's saying they're just waiting for this special report and two pathology reports to come back
1: yeah from the coroner yes and
2: bernie stands up to leave and a pretty waitress in a bikini walks by because they're sitting like outside of a hotel near a pool or something. Yeah, like something. a pool area. Yeah. Yeah, and she's carrying a tray and she's got a bikini on and Bernie just stands and watches her.
1: Yeah, and he gets very distracted away from the conversation <laughs> and to go talk to the lady in the bikini because Colchett looks like, where are you going? And So versus, where you going? I was like, where are Oh oh. But okay. he first
2: tells him if he wants to hear about that special report to meet him at the police station at 6.30. Yeah,
1: because they're going to have a big uh, press conference mm-hmm. thing at 6.30. Yeah. And then this is something that just shows the age of this movie. Yes. Because (laughs) Kolchak is paged to come to a phone.
2: From an intercom. From an
1: intercom. And how this person knew that Kolchak was there, I'm still not 100% sure on that. And Kolchak is called to the phone. And now I remember the one funny thing about this scene that has nothing to do with anything. I remember I had a videotape of this movie years ago. And something happened on the audio on that videotape where you didn't hear him call to the phone. It was almost like Kolchak all of a sudden was just looking around like a dog whistle <laughs> went off. And then he goes to a phone. And I guess somehow they restored it because I just remember you watching that scene and all of a sudden Kolchak's like, hmm? Hmm? Like somebody blew a dog whistle. It's, and that, I,
2: it's that doctor.
1: Yes. The spy the, he has
2: at the hospital.
1: And he tells him that the hospital has been robbed of blood you know every container and it didn't matter what type it was just all of it was taken
2: culture starts to ask more questions the guy just says i gotta go and he yeah hangs yeah
1: up. so i know i'm just i'm giving you this information that's uh-huh. do it. what I, you may. yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. do yeah. what you want with it then we cut to i guess i think this is the clark county courthouse for our big press conference thing here Yes. and we have all of our
2: powers at be
1: yeah uh, in here
2: You've got the sheriff, district attorney, and the captain of police.
1: Yeah, uh, Las Vegas PD. And Bernie's there. And, of course, Butcher. Sheriff Butcher's there.
2: Interviewing the coroner.
1: And the coroner tells everyone, uh, really, that the deaths were quick. Their blood was drained just as quick.
2: Yeah, he says, swift in less than a minute that yeah. after the wound was inflicted, the blood was drained quickly with some kind of suction device.
1: That right there would even tell me, how weird. can you drain all almost all the blood out of a body in the space of a minute?
2: That's weird. Yeah, that's very weird. <laughs> that right there <laughs> would tell that's me, that's okay,
1: something's weird here. <laughs> and then Kolchak chimes in with a question on like, well, what could have made these wounds? The coroner's basically like, well, not sure. You know, maybe like a dog bite or something. <laughs> and their body in there just starts yeah, getting dog. outraged like a dog, mm-hmm. dog.
2: And the but, corners, like, I didn't mean it was a dog. It's only similar to a dog. Yeah, I mean, I'm like sorry, the, baby. Like, I kicked her right in the face. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Mama's beating on I the didn't little see Sabrina. You under there. A karate kick to the face. But yeah, he just sits there and just says, No, no, no. It's not a dog. But uh, the the faint, the bites are similar to like a dog.
2: And he says they also found another substance in the blood on the neck. It was human saliva.
1: Yeah. Ooh. DA if it was a man. And it appears that the way women died, they died of shock.
2: Yeah, he says he's not sure of the motivation behind it, but each woman died from shock from blood loss.
1: And Kolchak even asked if the women were bit for the sole purpose of getting blood you know they're kind of trying to evade all these strange questions which how would you answer these kinds of questions anyway because you know i don't know how you would
2: there's someone always telling Kolchak to shut up or get out in this movie (laughs) yeah 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 he's a
1: pest yeah he's a pest the sad part about it is is if i was in Kolchak's line work i would be exactly like him I would be exactly like him. I would annoy the shit out of everybody because I would want to, I'd be asking questions, questions probably people wouldn't want to answer, but I would be asking them anyway.
2: Yeah, I did that when I became an underwriter because I was really good. They called me the super sleuth.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. Because
2: I would find all these like truckers that were had got a bunch of claims and then they dropped their their company and then started another company and i would link them and find them yeah and and they i'd get on my my partner that was just about ready to retire and she didn't give a shit anymore yeah (laughs) yeah. you get on my (laughs) nerves
1: yeah well there you go there you go there you go go back in the corner starts talking about he says there are people who've been mentally ill who have thought they were a vampire and he says there was a case in uh what 1925 yeah 1920s in germany and then butcher before this story gets going, butcher's like had enough of this, you yeah. know. And he says, "Y'all just all you just jump into these conclusions." Yeah, he's you know? just
2: like, "Yeah, this is you know we need uh-huh. to get on from this." And the doctor comments that you can figure out who a person is by their saliva.
1: He says since we found the uh, mm-hmm. saliva in this blood, you can type it.
2: Yeah, and he suggests that they maybe try to find a very anemic man with possibly some rare blood disease.
1: Yeah. So he's trying to just get blood to, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's a logical thought there. Yeah. You know, I mean, that does, you know, make sense. The DA says there's a man out, he says basically there's just a man out there high on drugs and he will do it again unless he stopped. He's just kind of laying it out like this is just some nutcase out there who's just doing some stuff as a druggie and we just need to catch him.
2: But the most important thing he says that you need to take away from this conversation is that he doesn't care who killed that woman.
1: Yeah, basically. No, he don't care. That's
2: what he really means. Pretty much.
1: He (laughs) just wants us out of the way, swept up under the Mm roof. Then uh, it's asked about the blood theft. The Las Vegas PD, you know, nurse seen somebody funny there that shouldn't have been there
2: yes there was a tall and skinny man dressed up as an orderly hanging out around the refrigerated storage area
1: and there was no man that was supposed to be there on duty at that time
2: yeah because she was like after everything happened she mentioned seeing that orderly and everybody's like there's nobody that works here that looks like that yeah
1: and she gave a description of the man white uh, adult male 62 64 175 pounds, pale with dark hair. So it's Barnabas Collins.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Barnabas was actually
1: a little younger now. He was in his 40s. I yeah. Think. Butcher's basically like, he basically just tells every we're going to calm the area, basically. You know, check everywhere, leave no stone unturned, basically.
2: Yeah, he, he says, this is the plan. We're going to search for the airport, the bus terminal, the railroad stations they're going to have all their men that they have pretty much on the case
1: i mean they're going to literally comb comb this area and see if they can find him and the da is just basically like okay just just do it yeah meet over do it get it done
2: and the coroner stops him before he leaves and comments that they should not take colchak's suggestion in consideration Mm -hmm. that it's not altogether unwarranted and colchak is trying to switch out his consent the whole time he's been recording yeah all this
1: He's always sticking that recorder in everybody's <laughs> face. Yeah. Mm, mm. I need a statement. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. I mean, the coroner says, yeah, you know, Kolchak's thoughts on this are kind of speculative, but there might be something to what he's saying.
2: And the yeah. DA's like, let's leave all this vampire stuff in in this room.
1: You know, no rumors or, you know, newspaper reports on this. You know, he so said right now the deaths are going to be classified as unknown
2: therefore they don't really care if any other women get killed because yeah. they don't know that there's somebody out here
1: and here's the point this gets out this is going to be bad for the police yes. people and quote bad for business better yeah.
2: yet the beaches are open mm-hmm. and everything and is everything's, a, great. Yeah, everything's great
1: everything's <laughs> great once again and this was two years before jaws i think so <laughs> yeah. And then the DA, as the DA's leaving, he stops and is like, I want to talk to you, Kolchak. So he's getting called to the office, basically, for a good dressing down by the DA right here.
2: And the sheriff tells the other reporters that were there to stop talking to the doctor that he has a prepared statement that will be released. So they've wrote his own statement for him.
1: Yeah, the uh, old butcher. Yeah, yeah the yeah. doctor
2: just wrote a statement for the doctor that they're going to release. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to let him talk to the the press, yeah,
1: yeah. Basically, it's just like they're trying to keep this as under wraps as mm-hmm. they can here. And then the DA's out there with Kolchek, and the first thing he tells Kolchek, you know, you're a real pest.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and he's gonna basically he's gonna talk to Vincenzo about him, about putting another reporter on the on this case.
2: Yep, he wishes, doesn't he?
1: And he said he's just basically telling Colchick, just stay out. this, you're ruffling too many feathers. He's
2: asking too many questions. He's too inquisitive. He's too smart. They want a dumb reporter.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, they don't. They want somebody who that's <laughs> what they say. Yeah, he don't yeah. listen. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Then after all this is said and done, you know, Bernie comes up to Kolchak and tells him, you know, you need to watch out, you're or you're going to be out of the job. And he tells Kolchak he'll look into things for him. But he says, stay away from him for a few days and just kind of try to lay low and stay out of these people's radar, basically, for a little bit.
2: He says, just for friendship's sake.
1: Yeah, for friendship's sake.
2: So, so they're friends.
1: I mean, as I said, I mean, you kind of got the hint they kind of known each other for a little while.
2: And it shows Coltrac trying, uh, the next scene is him talking to the newspaper editor.
1: Oh, Vincenzo?
2: I never, I didn't, I just put editor. Tony
1: Vincenzo, yeah. He's
2: denying that he said that the killer was definitely a vampire. He's written a story with the headline about a vampire killer, but he says the story makes it clear.
1: It's vampire killer in Las Vegas question mark?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's
1: not. He's saying that it is. He's saying, is vampire killer Question Question mark? mark. Maybe? No. And the
2: editor's like getting angry because he's like, you know, the police don't want all this vampire crap quit pushing
1: this he basically says you know colchek's like there's some screwball loose in town that thinks he's a vampire
2: yeah and the people need to know
1: yeah and it's like yeah and he's right but this is another point Kolchak says believes he's a vampire he doesn't think it's a real vampire yeah he just says someone some, that's
2: acting like a yeah, vampire acting
1: like a vampire and Tony basically says there's only one screwball in this town and his name starts with a k <laughs>
2: ends with a k ends
1: with a k yeah Yeah. tony's just like no vampire stories Yeah, he's putting his foot down yeah as he has to do to kolchak a lot
2: yeah and kolchak he starts to walk away and then he turns around and says how about a special feature with interviews with the two girl victims in heaven with a celestial choir in the back he's always gonna be a smart yeah
1: exactly
2: (laughs) he says get out
1: yeah get out yeah that's uh usually call, yeah like you said vincenzo's last line the Kolchak like, get line. out or shut up yeah that's it yeah
2: and he never does in either one yeah. of them no
1: he does not that like i said that's a running thing through their relationship through the whole <laughs> whole series basically and then we cut to i guess this is colchek's uh, place like his apartment or whatever and gail's there sleep on the bed and he wakes her up apparently she fell asleep during some of his ranting i guess
2: he says you, you you're you do great things for the masculine ego yeah yeah because <laughs> she yeah, fell asleep when he was talking
1: yeah and he's like i guess he's sitting there talking about the current killings and he says yeah it says it has to be just one man doing yeah. this uh, he's like anybody else how would one man do all of this you know like i said drain a body of blood in the space of a minute and I think
2: for that he said the newspaper editor has the, the new sense of a tree stump yeah there you go yeah he <laughs> don't have any instinct
1: not at all well i mean i would assume if you're a newspaper reporter, you're the one out there on the street. You got the better senses than somebody who's sitting behind in an office behind the desk. Yeah, you know, because you're out there in the field.
2: And all this talking to kill, and she's like, you, you make her glad she works nights. Cause yeah. she works at a lounge too, so she's she's kind of the type of woman that's been killed. A
1: prime kind of thing. Yeah, I agree.
2: He kisses her. Yeah, so they're together.
1: You kind of gather that they are in a relationship together in some way i mean i just uh,
2: took they were kind of just close but sleeping together but then it get a little serious at times
1: yeah that's what i'm kind of maybe so yeah i could see that phone rings and you find out there's another body but this time he was seen and then we cut to i guess outside of a home and there's this older lady being questioned by the police as Kolchak pulls up and this is victim number four mary Braden, showgirl 25 years old
2: And the mother comments that she saw the man standing from a distance and she thought that this man was kissing her daughter.
1: Yeah, but no.
2: When he turned and left, the daughter just fell on the ground.
1: Yeah, so he was there draining her blood. You know, Kolchek walks up there and starts taking pictures of the body. Now, this is one of the things that's kind of interesting to me when I watch this movie. Usually at a crime scene, don't they try to keep anybody out there that doesn't but it's a lot back then they did, i guess they didn't have forensics as well yeah. back then so you could just trudge around everywhere because colchek's always there snapping pictures and walking around
2: seems like they wouldn't want that
1: yeah because i know he even sitting there taking pictures he said well it looks like bela Lagosi struck again <laughs>
2: and the cop tells him shut up Uh,
1: yeah that's the witnesses this is the witness's daughter Daughter, yeah Yeah, so oops yeah oh shit well yeah
2: i think he's a little desensitized sometimes Uh,
1: just just a tad (laughs) yeah and and then uh you know he's uh, he goes over and talks to the witness's you know mom and asks you know says you know asks about you know anything says the car drove off in was like a maroon kind of coupe The cops kind of hear this, too, and then they kind of call in, you know, to be on the lookout for this kind of vehicle.
2: Kolchak asks the police, can he talk to the mother? And the cop says, yes, but take it easy. And the scene kind of ends there.
1: Yeah. And then uh, we cut to... Kolchak going to, I guess what you call a switchboard operator at the county courthouse. It's his best contact in Las Vegas. Helen O'Brien, and he sets a box of chocolates down <laughs> right there. Yeah, uh, that's a good bribe. I'll give him that.
2: She calls him a sadist, and he says, well, I could take them back. Yeah. She says, over my dead body. This yeah. kind of reminds me when you buy me cookies yeah. or candy and yeah. I don't need them.
1: Yeah, I know. You always I'm like, on. I
2: don't need them. Why'd you buy me that? And then I'm like, give them to me well
1: then i say well i'll just go ahead and keep them for myself and you're like no <laughs> yeah so yeah this is very similar to that um asked her really can you kind of keep me up to date on when they're searching for this car if they find it
2: she says of course not yeah. but she takes the candy and she says robbed again
1: yeah, yeah bribed again. so yes yeah so yeah no but yes basically no but yes so he's walking away from her bernie is there and Bernie uh, tells him, you know, call check and say, hey, I got something for you. How would you like to see the killer's face?
0: Wow.
1: And then we cut to a newspaper uh, machine. And I guess it looked like a casino kind of lounge. Yeah. And there's the killer. It's like a sketch of the yep. killer's face. It's on the and, front page. And we see a man. We don't see who he is.
2: Just wearing all black. It's just from the back of him.
1: And he gets a copy of the newspaper. And he is just walking to the casino.
2: But everybody looks at him like...
1: Well, there's some people that do. Some people like, they just... look
2: at him like, what's up with this dude? And a young girl walks by him and turns around and looks at him. Yeah. I don't know if she recognized him from that picture or she's been hearing stories about...
1: Or it's just his odd look. Yeah. It could have been anything. You're he doesn't just turn sure.
2: around. He keeps walking. <laughs> yeah, he
1: just keeps walking straight yeah. on through. And then we are outside... The casino i guess at night and there's a woman like getting headed toward her car and yeah. she kind of just keeps looking over like she's noticing something odd like there's a man sitting in a car it's almost like she notices this man
2: it shows his eyes for the first time and they're bloodshot totally black
1: yeah bloodshot and black and you can see he looks very pale yes and then of course dark hair
2: she's kind of standing at her car she's searching in her purse for her keys You know, if it was today, she could have just used her fob and been in there already. Yes, yes, but but this this is back in the day. When
1: you fumble with keys. And then this man gets out of the car and starts walking toward her. And she looks, but she doesn't look completely scared at first.
2: Well, I was like, what are you doing, woman? She's just standing there with the door open. I was like, hop in, you know, lock the door. But
1: then uh, she releases a dog out of the car.
2: Doberman.
1: And this dog runs up and attacks this man, but... And doesn't quite work for he causing the
2: dog yelp and dog he just is dead. broke its neck or killed it somehow.
1: And then we see this man walk up to this woman, and you think, oh, fifth you know, next victim, and we. Cut and we don't see what happens yeah
2: but did you see the way she looked at him was that that typical vampire hypnotizing hypnotizing or was she just frozen in fear i think she's
1: i, I want to say more along lines she was just frozen in fear because of how this man literally just killed that dog like there was nothing to it you know dobermans are strong dogs mm-hmm. and one gets on you it's gonna at least knock you down but he didn't even fall to the ground it just jumped up on him and he just grabbed it and killed like
2: it a bear bear hug and then just killed yeah. it
1: cut to black we don't see what happens to her but we assume well there's one victim more number
2: five
1: Colcheck's in vincenzo's office and we find out this woman is her name is shelly forbes and they say well she's probably the fifth victim
2: well it starts with him saying describing what it's like being a reporter he says it's like between, being between a hooker and a bartender that spirit, spiritually he stands beside galileo because he knows the world is round but that doesn't really matter when the editor knows it's flat yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah, that's right
1: and vincenzo is talking to kolchak in here and he says basically he says he's just close to firing him he says he's tired of getting all this pressure from everyone because of kolchak and his story
2: he's caught in the middle because they he's got kolchak wanting to just reveal everything and the cops don't want him to reveal anything so he's caught in the middle
1: and and Kolchik just gets on this rant. And he says, you know, this is like a newspaper, and yeah. we're supposed to hear, we're supposed to be printing news, not
2: suppressing. Yeah, it.
1: not suppressing the news.
2: Kolchak wouldn't make it in 2023.
1: No, no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, like I said, I would probably be a lot like Kolchak, and I would probably be fired from every job. Basically, Tony just called, says, Kolchak, you're an idiot. All this means to you is a byline and culture doesn't deny that he said well what difference does that make we're suppressing this from the public and he said that's wrong his motivations are uh, they are about him he isn't like i said he's not the lily white hero i'm gonna just do this because i am good no I am he wants
2: the story yeah he wants he the wants story the popularity yeah
1: yeah i mean like i said he but he doesn't want to suppress the news at the same time he feels people should know Like I said, Kolchak isn't exactly, like I said, he's not exactly doing this because of the goodness of his own heart.
2: And the editor's like, that's kind of the point that if people knew, they'd come unglued. So (laughs) that's his reasoning behind not telling anybody.
1: Well, that's it. (laughs) And I mean, you can almost look at that as a valid point too, because people don't tend to take to certain things well
2: but i would rather know i than would not rather, know
1: i would too at the end of the day you know now some people are nutty you don't know how they would react you know i would want to know so i can understand that perspective too and then we cut to uh what's it says tuesday may 25th at seven thirty p.m oh yeah helen uh the woman who he bribed with the chocolates i'm assuming. Gave so, cold check info on 16 possible suspects.
2: That all of them had been eliminated, but one.
1: The name is Martin Lobin, address Spring Mountain Road.
2: I mean, I wrote my notes, do you think Dracula is a law-abiding citizen that he registered at the DMV? Well, <laughs> technically, he
1: did, in a way, <laughs> but I guess you'd have to, because for your Dracula, you gotta kind of live on the down low.
2: I guess. Because they do That'd actually say
1: this name, Martin Lobin. Address, but they they were phony.
2: You got to be good in the day.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. You know, because even if you're Dracula, you got to cover your tracks. So, yeah, so you have to be a law-abiding citizen up to a point.
2: Up to a point. Up up to
1: a point where you're killing people. you're
2: killing citizens. So you're killing
1: citizens. There you go. Then all bets are off after that.
2: Coltax says, this man lives on Spring Mountain Road and that the name and the address are both phony. Yes,
1: so... Yeah, he registered with the, he he did his good citizen things, but only had a name and address.
2: And he has the name of the man who sold the car to the man. His name is Fred Hurley.
1: Yes, and they go, and Kolchak arrives at the, I guess the used car lot as a butcher and an officer there are apparently already talking to the man. Butcher's basically, once again, he is not happy to see Kolchak pull up because, oh, God, him again.
2: He actually punches the car. He Like, it slams his fist against He's like, what are you doing here? Yeah, what
1: are you doing here? But
2: that salesman said that he had tried to sell the car, give the man a price, and the guy just looked at him strangely. And then he says after Kolchak comes in that he gave him a price, and and the guy was like, he thought it should be three hundred dollars less
1: so basically the vampire was haggling haggling. <laughs> haggling a good deal for the car yeah which you know at least the vampire's thrifty i'll give yeah, it that
2: only a vampire buys a car at night
1: <laughs> yeah yeah buys a car at night and apparently haggles i can't fault him for that because i guess even if you're supernatural you want a good deal car salesman just almost at basically like yeah i was kind of this guy kind of weirded me out so he just went along with the deal
2: he says this this seemed like someone not to mess with
1: that kind of tells you like okay so this guy is very intimidating looking or he's got some intimidation thing going on
2: he said the man had red eyes and a certain type of voice and he says it's the kind of man that keeps you from not wanting to work nights Mm. <laughs>
1: which is funny his voice because we yeah. never hear him speak he never in, says anything We never hear yeah. him speaking this entire movie but
2: the, he says after coltac shows him that picture of the killer he says he looked like that but he had a mustache
1: yeah that's right that's right i forgot about that yeah, yeah that was right here because apparently i guess he was in disguise as well
2: yeah because coltac's trying to show him the picture Sheriff's like trying to grab it away from like get out of here, Kolchak. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> Kolchak just butts in. But they had
2: good. already showed him yeah. the picture because I think the sheriff tells Kolchak, "Quit trying to do our jobs for yeah, us." Yeah,
1: there you go. Yeah. Quit, <laughs> they quit. had
2: already showed him this picture, and he had told them it looked similar, but he had a mustache.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, he's a uh, in disguise, as they say. Yeah. After this, we cut to back to Kolchak's apartment and gail is ironing uh ironing a shirt i guess one cold check shirts which i don't ever see people iron anymore Uh, i can't tell you last time i've ironed a shirt i guess i don't have shirts that need to be ironed ironing
2: and sewing like i i can remember my grandma getting on to me because i didn't know how to sew and i was like i'll just buy a new shirt she was like what's wrong with girls nowadays yeah (laughs) I don't have time because I'm working. I guess you could say
1: what's wrong with people in general. But yeah, you don't have time to sew because you're actually out there, you know, making that almighty 50 cents. Colchett is just walking around and he just tells Gail, you know, like, you know, I've been waiting for a story like this basically forever, like all his life. And then he's kind of like looking around at some of the newspaper stuff. And, you know, he says they even airbrushed out Mary's photo. Before it was printed, one of the victims' yeah, photos. Yeah, the bite marks. Yeah, the bite that. marks. They even airbrushed it Yeah, they out don't
2: of. want the public to even see that there's bite marks.
1: Yeah, so they're just, like I said, covering it up, covering it up. And then Gail tells him one of the same things that Bernie does says, you know, tells him to watch out or he's going to get fired. Again. Again.
2: Starts naming off all the times he's been fired in different locations.
1: Yeah, and I think I counted eight.
2: Yeah. At least eight. Different, different like New York you know other places and
1: i think yeah. there was one place like three different times <laughs> yeah. so yeah he's a uh, racked up yeah he's been unemployed a, a lot you know as far as you know i guess once again doing shit like he's doing now getting him butting into people's <laughs> things and stuff
2: he comments that he's becoming extinct in his own lifetime yeah
1: <laughs> yeah just kind of asked gail and so said why don't you just quit your job
2: and she asked will you support me and he says i'm serious because i think he's worried she might be in danger because of where she works and
1: yeah i think he cares about her and he says yeah. you know there's five women who've been killed and all of them are not workers like you are
2: he's worried about her
1: she just kind of looks and she asks, uh you know what do you know about vampires and culture <laughs> just kind of just blows this off
2: he says they wear dinner suits yeah and talk about, talk with marbles in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do bit by that.
1: Yeah. Like, woo, you know, like, uh, yeah, Whoa, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. Or like uh, Bella Lugosi, basically.
2: Oh, okay.
1: You know, just stuff like that, you know. Yeah, he just kind of hears this, just like, oh, whatever.
2: She tells him, be serious. Uh, yeah.
1: And then she comes over and, you know, she goes over and grabs a bunch of books and then she drops one in his lap. Which, if you remember, there was a scene in *Christmas Story* where the mom yep. dropped a bowling ball in yep. his lap. It was very similar.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, like that. You know, mm-hmm. I this heavy book in his lap, and he just, you know, he starts looking through it. And
2: well, he doesn't want to read it at first. Yeah, and she's like, "Read it, because the killer's done everything in this book." So he starts flipping through it, and it says he reads some. And it says that vampires are indestructible at night and hate crosses. Yeah. that they have to return to their coffin by daylight or they will be destroyed by the sunlight. That it's yeah. while he lays dormant that he can be destroyed by hammering a wooden stake through his heart.
1: Legend says victims of vampire will rise again and must be destroyed. Like him. So he's kind of making fun of reading this at first because he just thinks it's a joke, but then as he's kind of mm, reading this, learning. Some, some stuff is kind yeah. of starting to click around in his head yeah. a little bit. So, like I said, he's not completely there on believing this yet, but he's kind of like, hmm. He's not that's, normal. Yeah, not normal. Maybe, <laughs> so, sometimes you have to look outside the box, and I think that's, you know,
0: yeah.
1: uh, the, I think that's what's going on here. And then we cut to night, and we're at the hospital, mm-hmm. and we see this same man mm-hmm. walking through the hospital.
2: In a black bag.
1: With a black bag.
2: the voiceover says... That the victims of the vampires will rise again and must be destroyed the same as vampires. That's what you just said. Yeah, that's what I just said. I, I put it in with this scene. Oh, so well, that's all right. stake through the heart.
1: Yes, uh, stake, yeah. But as this man is walking through the hosp- uh, this uh, hospital, he goes into a room, and then there's this nurse that's kind of coming up behind him and follows.
2: Well, She hears somebody kind of in that room, and she goes in the room, and she looks... And there's a pale man kind of stooped in the refrigerator getting blood, bottles of blood.
1: Now you'll notice how before he was stealing all the blood, he's looking for specific, specific types of, of blood. blood. Yeah, because you notice he's looking at the bottles mm-hmm. this time, like he's taking a, this, blood type. a certain
2: type. So you're like, well, that's weird.
1: Yeah. This woman goes out of the room and finds this man. I guess it's like an orderly or somebody like that that's in the hospital. Mm hmm. And he goes in there, basically him and this man start fighting.
2: Yeah, he punches the vampire like twice. And it just doesn't faze him.
1: No, it does not do anything whatsoever.
2: And as of like many people in this movie, he just tosses this man all over the place.
1: Then he walks out of there. He's just walking down the hall casually. And then there's other ones there. Just trying to fight him and he's just tossing him around like a rag doll.
2: Throws one guy into two different walls and then he just throws him down the hallway. Yeah. This is kind of like Terminator Two.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, well, there you go. Yeah, just knocking them around everywhere like they're just nothing to him.
2: He comes around the corner and there's another male orderly there. Yeah. He kind of tosses him around and then throws him out the window. Yeah, he
1: throws him out a three-story window, <laughs> which is which is actually for a TV movie, I guess back in the day. That's a pretty good yeah. stunt then we see a car there's cars pulling up outside and kolchak pulls up you know you're kind of disoriented there for a minute like what are they pulling up or then all of a sudden you see a body well somebody's fly out the front door of this hospital or something <laughs> you're like, oh okay so this is still going on
2: yeah the Colchak's uh, voiceover says he heard about a wild brawl at the old town hospital there you go that's so why he, he showed came up. there
1: yeah he's apparently got a, a police uh police radio or something like that or his uh his snitch yeah. on the inside <laughs> and is, the uh,
2: vampire comes out fighting orderlies out the front door
1: yeah and then the cops even try to get in on this and he's just tossing them around i mean anybody that gets in this way this man is just yeah tosses them colchek's
2: like taking pictures the whole time yeah
1: he's just getting pictures of all this then the man just kind of run and just runs right by Kolchak. don't even <laughs> yeah i guess because Kolchak isn't actually trying to stop him he's just there taking pictures he's the he's only being one. a reporter yeah, he's being a reporter <laughs> he's the only one that's not getting in this i mean he's the only one not trying to technically stop the man he's just taking pictures And then he turns around, takes pictures of this guy running off as the cops are shooting at him. And you know at this range that they had to have hit him.
2: He just kept running. And he
1: just kept going. He kept going and he disappears into the distance. He's gone. I mean, you had, let's say ballpark, 20 people (laughs) attack this man and they did not stop him.
2: And he says something later. We'll talk about when it comes up. But those cops had been hitting him over the head with the uh, baton sticks. But Kolchak says something in a minute about that.
1: But then we cut to the next day. This is Thursday, May 27th at 820 AM. And Kolchak arrives at the police station. And apparently he had written an article about last night's events.
2: On the front page. And it
1: was published uh, through the wire on the front page and it blew everything up wide open.
2: Story was out and the man had been identified.
1: And there's another press conference in progress as Kolchek arrives. Yeah,
2: he's got a folder of all them pictures he took. He tries to give it to the sheriff, and the sheriff's like, "Sit down."
1: Yeah, sit down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah.
2: Still being a pest, Colcheck.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, butcher but is not a fan of Kolchek. <laughs> or nobody uh, in, in that area probably is, except Gail. Yeah, yeah. And then we start to get info on this man.
2: Very interesting.
1: And this is from like Scotland Yard of all places, you mm-hmm. know. So they went, over, they went over across the pond there, as they say, <laughs> to get this info. The man's name is Janos Scorzini. He's Born in Romania in, in eighteen ninety nine. Eighteen ninety nine and butcher is even sitting there looking at. he says so you're saying this man is 70 years old He'd
2: be like by math 73 yeah so they don't want to believe that this is the man they also running
1: yeah sprinting <laughs> and throwing and fighting people, everybody yeah, throwing people around like they were pillows mm-hmm. basically
2: bernie kind of gets mad he says this has been fact checked triple checked
1: and confirmed and
2: confirmed
1: yes and we get into a little bit of history on him. He says dad passed away in 1923. Mm-hmm. He left around $100 million in, I guess, assets and everything. Why so, do I
2: have family members like that?
1: Yeah, Scorzini was apparently he was, you know, well-kept and everything. He traveled around Europe, loved, you know, the nightlife there. And he goes to, and then Bernie looks at and says, well, Colchick, here's some information you will find interesting.
2: That while he was in England, he passed himself as off as Dr. Paul Be- Belusco? Yes. A specialist in hematology mm-hmm. research. His work involved freshly killed air raid victims from various London emergency rooms.
1: Yeah, from World War II.
2: And London residents said that he installed several kinds of sump pumps and tubs and extremely large commercial meat freezers that in 1948 he turned up in canada still as dr belasco that he made himself known on every border um what the violence would break out there he was always there and there was dead bodies there then he left canada for las vegas on april 19th of this year so I guess this is 1972, I don't know. Yes. Under the name of Detective Constable Alan Hensley. Yes. Because of his British citizenship, he's an international fugitive. And yeah. Bernie comments that the FBI is very interested in him and that it's no longer a local matter.
1: So yeah, Bernie, basically the FBI and the, since it's that FBI government, they're, in, yeah. they're, they're taking over on this now. And
2: Bernie continues that, in all his travels the same has been consistent that all the victims have been drained of blood yes that he's not, that if he's not a vampire he certainly is a suspect in multiple homicides going back 30 years
1: and then Kolchak starts asking questions how come cops how come cops basically shot him with no effect a 70 year old man outrun police cars he was hit in the head and he said there was a gash in his head, but there was no blood. It was clear. It's clear. It was Not clear. red. Yes. And Butcher once again tells Colchett to shut up. He's
2: like, can't we shut him up?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. And the
2: DA says, let him hang himself so maybe we can finally be rid of him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He'd be talking in prison.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be quiet. That, that ain't going to solve anything. Corner says, bites on throat made by teeth. Huh and and was it drinking blood
2: he said that whoever the killer may be he's operating like he is a vampire yeah he says they can go on with their beliefs that he's a real man but you won't catch him until you proceed under the assumption assumption that he is a vampire
1: yeah it's basically you got the yeah you got to operate under this assumption that you are hunting a vampire and then yeah. the da is just like well you're just out of your mind <laughs> He said, it'd be panic if we said that it was a vampire.
2: And the damage it could do to the law, the image of the law enforcement. And Kolchak calls them out and says, they're, that they're so afraid of peer, appearing stupid that they will ignore the only possible way of catching this killer. Well, there you go. And the DA tells Kolchak that they will handle the situation without any public observation.
1: And the DA tells Kolchak to basically just be quiet. And Colchick says, well, you know, where you're going, you're going to be looking at a grand jury investigation. Yeah,
2: he says, you've already blown it. You know, they're going to call for a grand jury investigation. Yeah. But you can't stop the rumors.
1: And then they just tell culture sit down.
2: I know. He gets up and tells him just to sit down. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised that he sat down, but I guess he just...
1: Well, he's outnumbered in that room, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they basically say they will get him like any other normal murderer. Yeah, he says,
2: I don't care what's been written in the papers. That the man is still classified as an ordinary maniac. That he'll be settled by standard police procedures. And the DA says, Kolchak needs to learn to accept it or they'll chase him out of town. He ends up by saying, you dig?
1: (laughs) Kolchak said, I dig. I dig. (laughs) Yeah. So, this is what the third time he's been threatened to be thrown out of town
2: yeah he says yes i dig but next time they blow it to remember who has the answers
1: and basically we come to find out the cops will be on duty i mean you know no vacation times no overtime is going to be out they're going to have probably really every cop on their force he says between our
2: two departments we have 650 men on full-time duty they have learned that all leaves have been canceled and everybody's working 16-hour days. That their chopper is going from dusk to dawn. They have unmarked cars patrolling the casino center and the Vegas Strip. All roads have been blocked. And Colchak's kind of sitting there with his recorder the whole time. Yeah, just
1: sitting there <laughs> Yeah, holding that recorder up getting everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is like they're going to have... You know, choppers and everything. They got 650 people. Now, you just remember, you know, you always just remember that because of how he just ran through, what, basically 20 people. And he was shot at and everything. 70-year-old man just lost Mm. them. So, I don't know. It's just that's fascinating to me that they feel like that that's going to work. But, okay. (laughs) And then we cut to, I think, is like at the casino. And he's apparently gotten a little contact there, a guy named Mickey.
2: Yeah, he's playing poker
1: he gives mickey this uh, sketch of uh i guess uh, we find out scorzini and he asks uh and uh, this is another smart move on Colchak's part because he's got to have a place he's living
2: yeah he's got to have some place to put his coffin if he's a vampire or,
1: uh, or just, just to be at. It. yeah and he asked mickey he says you know try to get a hold of every real estate agent in town and
2: give them this photo and a
1: photo and see if they've seen this man around here which it makes me wonder did the cops even think to do that
2: probably not probably
1: not you know so did they
2: really want to catch him
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so you know it's like i said i mean kolchak is he's smart mm-hmm. you gotta give him that he's he's kind of trying to think of every angle that he can then uh he goes over and sits down with um um uh sue gail or gail i mean i don't know why i wrote down i was uh like i said i had a problem with uh, a little deep a little sue so. yeah a little sue so. a little a little meanie Colchis just seems to be frustrated like with the police and everything in general he's just like the police are never gonna catch him
2: Yeah, he says i have a very strange unhappy feeling that the police are never going to catch this killer and he makes a comment that this case is even bigger than he thought it was
1: And he's even said he's seen some strange things in his day. Nothing like this. He said never anything like this.
2: She asked him if he's finally starting to believe in vampire. And he stops her and says, I don't want to even think about it.
1: Yeah, no, no. I mean, like I said, he's still not there.
2: He's almost there. He's
1: almost there. Yeah. But he isn't isn't willing to make that final leap. But, you know, he's not there yet, but it's coming. And then we cut to Kolchek is just driving down the strip. And then over his police radio, he hears... Basically, that John Scorzini's been spotted, and all units are on call. Holtchek hears this, and he spins around in the in the road, and he is going to uh, where the, the police have found him.
2: And they he hears on the radio that that is it yana yanos has been spotted in a 1969 green unpaneled station wagon yeah at intersection oakey and housels yeah and kochak makes a u-turn and heads back that way and the police are saying that a positive visual contact has been made
1: so this is him
2: yes and they start instructing to close off certain roads because he's going in that area and Kolchak does, like, another wild turn, and he heads up, like, this dirt road, and and it shows a station wagon being blocked in in a neighborhood, and I thought it was kind of weird that they give the description as a green station wagon, but this is clearly blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
1: had that written down right here. It's yeah. blue. Yeah, it looked blue to me, too. I was, I was wondering about that myself, so I'm, now, I'm glad. Now, the car that... he's
2: driving later is green, but this is a powder blue station wagon. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, the cops basically got this car surrounded. Scorzini gets out of the car. Yeah, and it is him. He starts scrapping with these cops. And there's this big kind of uh, brawl thing that kind of spills out, I guess, into this backyard of this house. And there's a pool there. He's basically doing like he did at the hospital. He is throwing these cops around.
2: Yeah, there's like 10 of them and he's just throwing them all around and he, he gets knocked in the pool with one yeah and he's trying to drown the guy yeah. and the other cops like he's trying to drown so and so and he jumps in and they drag him out and he runs again
1: and Kolchak's once again standing there taking pictures he's just standing there getting getting shots of this scorzini is like I said. he scorzini comes out of the pool. Yeah. And he's still, you know, they're like, okay, we finally got this guy. Nope. He nope. just starts slinging them around again and just tossing them around. Like I said, tossing them around like ragdolls.
2: Why don't they put handcuffs on him?
1: Well, I don't think they can get on him enough to <laughs> do it. You know, because about the time they think they've got him, all of a sudden, you know, he's like throwing them around.
2: I mean, he keeps fighting. And he gets away from them like three different times. This is the point he
1: runs off.
2: And they shoot him. And they
1: shoot him and he falls.
2: Yeah, he falls into the like the... Pull cool seats and stuff, and yeah. knocks them all. Then he he sits up real quick.
1: And he turns around. He turns
2: around and they see his bloodshot eyes and pale skin. Yeah, he
1: almost looks like a almost like a corpse. I mean, he's yeah. extremely pale. It's not normal. Then he gets up and he runs off again. He jumps
2: back over the fence.
1: And he jumps over the fence, and you can see that they've hit him. They've shot him a few times.
2: They are shooting really close to him with shotguns shotguns
1: and pistols yeah. both and they're shooting and he just it's not, kept going he just leaps over that fence like 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 it's not even there he and once again he's he's out there and right there we're going to take a break and then when we come back we will jump into the conclusion of the night stalker
0: kim darby has inherited this house from her grandmother but the house has some secrets what's this it's uh, for cleaning out the ashes. It's been bolted shut. By me. And that's the way it should stay. I think we have visitors. Visitors? Mice. I thought I saw something in the kitchen. But it was something like this little ferocious animal grabbed at my dress. We want you, Sally. We want you. We want you. We want you. We want you. Don't be afraid of the dark.
1: And we are back and we are on a date Friday May 28th at 3:17 a.m. So I guess this is the aftermath of what we just uh, encountered and Kolch is like despite blocking roads, choppers in the air, basically all hands on deck, everybody was out
2: he got away he
1: got away without a trace yep so all that they did was for nothing nothing <laughs> and then we cut to Kolchak uh going into the courthouse you know and back into the conference room
2: yeah and he finds out you know these are those powers that be and again there and he finds out that all the cops that had been involved with that capture or being questioned and yeah. two police officers were killed and one's in critical condition Re- reports were still coming in and this is kind of the greatest manhunt in the history of las vegas
0: yeah
1: and colchick just kind of walks into the room and he goes in the back of the room and just mm-hmm. kind of sits down and the officers start to file out And we see Bernie and Sheriff Butcher and the DA are left in the office, and Kolchak is just sitting there across the room.
2: They're talking to each other. They don't know what to do at this point. Yeah,
1: they they are at a loss. They just don't know what to do.
2: He's kind of sitting off, and I don't think they realized he was still over there. No, they
1: didn't even know he walked in the room.
2: are they now ready to listen to his insane ideas
1: yeah and then butcher just tells kolchak to get out of here <laughs> again uh yet again that and
2: the, the da stops him and says kolchak was there with the killer he says weren't you there and kolchak says yes i was and the da says that all the cops questioned had said that the killer possessed unbelievable strength and that he was shot more than once during the capture
1: yeah Kolchak says like 30 to 40 yeah, 30
2: times 30 to 40 times and, and even
1: butcher's like that, that no the way.
2: police captain's like that don't that's a lie. that's
1: a lie. no you know and then Kolchak just kind of lays things out to him
2: you've got two choices he,
1: he said either he was shot or your cops were blind
2: <laughs> your entire police department is mm-hmm. blind
1: yeah the d.e. is just you know and butchers once again getting pissed off and the DA is just like well hold on hold on let him he talk yeah and he's like you know the, we had this man and we still couldn't hold him so he said well just let colchette go and speak for once he's like, okay <laughs> let him speak culture this is when culture lays out
2: what he wants what he wants if he helps him
1: he says in return for my help i get exclusive rights to this story
2: the entire story
1: and then the da's like you know was it like something like he said something like i agree if if all your suggestions lead to our suspect
2: well he says it's agreeable if they decide to follow his there you go. suggestions there you go.
1: yeah yeah
2: and kolchak says if they don't follow his suggestions they will be chasing the suspect until doomsday
1: well and he's Pretty right about that yeah. <laughs> he
2: brings over a bag and opens it and he pulls out a cross
1: and i like this uh this is like an old medical bag like van yeah. helsing would carry yeah. on in the old hammer dracula movies
2: and he says each cop needs to be issued one of these crosses
1: yeah he pulls out a big silver cross
2: and then he there. pulls out a wooden stake and bernie's like where did you get that and he <laughs> says i had a Furniture owner, the sto- owner of the furniture store make it for him. Yeah. And he pulls out a wooden mallet, too.
1: Yes, big wooden mallet. The Kolchek's uh, pretty much, I think this is the point where you could see, like, mm-hmm. okay, he's pretty much believing. <laughs> he's
2: embraced what that book said. Yeah. That the way to kill them is stake them through the heart.
1: Butcher says, so what do you propose we do? We put this stake in Scorzini's chest? Kolchak says, "No, you put it in his heart," <laughs> and then Butcher says, "Well, you know that is premeditated murder, and it actually is, technically."
2: And Kolchak comments that that's the only way to stop him, and he tells them the only chance the cops have of finding him is to spot him at night and follow him back to where he lives, wait until sunup, and then finish him. That he will be too strong to catch at night, which we sell that yeah he's tossing everybody around like rag dolls, and kolchak says it looks like they have a real live vampire on their hands yeah
1: and he tells them there's no need for nighttime hunts because you're he's too strong he's at too night strong for y'all. yeah yeah you gotta just track him to where he's at during the day and then stake him
2: and the da kind of calls all the guys out of the room except kolchak and they're having like a little circle talk yeah,
1: yeah a little uh, conference <laughs> call old dude talk like a huddle (laughs) yeah like a a football huddle they go over and talk for a minute or so they come back and the da's like well you got a deal and he says butcher will give all this stuff to the officers and they said but they won't go against police procedure and he says they were going to try to take him in if possible
2: for trial for trial Coltuck laughs at him.
1: Like for trial. You know, yeah. I mean, they weren't able to catch him before, so that is weird. And he says he will get exclusive rights to a story when when the blackout is lifted.
2: Yeah.
1: And he says, but if you're wrong about this, you'll be out of town in 12 hours. Yeah,
2: you got to leave.
1: Yeah, take it or leave it.
2: Coltuck says, I'll take it because I'm right. Yeah. You know I'm right.
1: Yeah, that's it. He's very confident. He knows I'm right.
2: And after he walks out, they all look at each other like and grinning. Yeah. I'm like, you can trust these old farts.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. What's they up to? Yeah, they're up to some shady dealings there. Kolchak <laughs> goes outside and he is just light on his feet he is just so happy he's like you know he's got back to new york uh, he's seeing his uh road back
2: Yeah, he says yeah. i'll take manhattan and the big apple too yeah and he says Colchak is coming back
1: yep he's got that big story right in the palm of his hand he basically. doesn't want
2: to stay where he's at you know once he gets famous again he's gonna head to the big yeah, the, the big leagues
1: the big city yeah. again because he'll have his meal ticket right there
2: look look at the story of a century. i was the lead on it
1: yes and then he gets in this car and he's about to drive off and then he gets startled by something in his back seat he Uh,
2: he looks like he senses somebody's in the car with him he looks back and there's a hand there yeah you're like, oh, shit, what?
1: Yeah, you think the vampire's I in know. the back of the it's car. like,
2: well, how did he know Coltruck? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, Colchak's yeah. always just standing there taking pictures. Yeah, I
1: know. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, Colchak's probably, yeah, he's the only one that ain't got He's there around. to check
2: see if he looks good in his pictures. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There
1: you go. That's it. Yeah, I want to see some of the stills. But, of course, this isn't the vampire because Coltruck jumps out of the car, and this is guy, uh, the guy uh, at the casino earlier, uh, Mickey.
2: Yeah, he says he thinks he's found the house that was sold to the suspect.
1: Well, he said, first, he said, what are you doing in the backseat of my car? He says, well, I come to wait on you, and I got in your car Tired. in the backseat, and, <laughs> and I fell asleep in your backseat. And then is like, ah, whatever. You know, and he gets in his car, and he's about to leave, and that's when Mickey tells Colchette, hey, I, I think I found your house yeah. that, that you're looking for. You know, next scene, we're pulling up to this old house in Las Vegas, which I'm trying to figure out. Las Vegas had only been around... I was thinking about this, 20, 30 years at this point in time. Oh, really? Why would there be an old dilapidated house?
2: Like an old abandoned mansion or something. Yeah, I
1: know. And because, I mean, the town hadn't been around that long, really. Well, it like, kind
2: of, like, the architecture and the podiums. Yeah. It looked like an old Civil War house or something. Yeah, I know. It just, that, yeah. was, that, was,
1: that was the only odd thing about this that I was trying to figure out. Because I know I've thought about that a few times when I watched this movie I'm like... Because Las Vegas was pretty new at yeah. this time. And this house, like, had been sitting there, like, you Yeah, know, it was run 80, down. 90 years, easy. Yeah, because so.
2: all the brush was grown up and.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. That was just kind of odd to me. I guess you have to have a, you know, I guess if the vampire was in, like, a mobile home or something, that wouldn't This been... made
2: me think of the old house from Dark Shadows. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. I could see where it would. They pull up to this old house. Kolchak, uh, you know, you're hearing a voiceover. Kolchak tells Mickey. To give him 30 minutes before he calls Jenkins in. Because he wants to be alone in the house.
2: Yeah, and he he, th- he knows if they get there before dawn, they're going to blow blow it.
1: Yeah, because that will bring the police in and they'll blow everything. Mm-hmm. Kolchak makes his way up to the house. He's got a bag in his hand. And he makes his way in. He's walking around and he opens up a fridge. This old school. Bottles
2: from, of blood in there. With uh, O. O positive. type o, blood.
1: That's a universal donor. And he takes a picture of this. Uh, Do
2: you know what type of blood you are? AB. I think I am too. Yeah.
1: Then he's walking around and he's just, you know, kind of scouring around the house just looking at various things. And he opens up a drawer, finds clothes, finds the mustache. The thing he was in disguise or it was mustache. more than
2: one. Yeah. It's just like a drawer he has of different things he uses to disguise himself.
1: Yeah, there's like wigs and stuff like that, various things in there. He check, takes
2: pictures another picture of that.
1: <laughs> just like the refrigerator mm-hmm. there, uh he takes another picture of this. And as he's kind of walking around the house, he looks to finds the upstairs. Then he goes upstairs, walks into a room and there's a coffin and he opens up the coffin it's empty but there's earth in the coffin
2: that's kind of like car of Dracula he has to be in the dirt that and, he was born on. Yep, his so own. So that's like the dirt that. from Romania
1: and it's his own soul mm-hmm. and Kolchak takes a picture of this and as Kolchak is walking around upstairs he looks at another door toward there toward the end of the hallway he walks down there opens up the door and then we see a woman laying on the bed.
2: This is that woman with the dog.
1: Yeah, I think her name was Shelley.
2: So he didn't kill her.
1: No, she's laying there tied up, and Colchet runs over. She's got like got some tape over her mouth and stuff like that. And she's him. got an IV. And she's got an IV, and she's very pale. She's yeah, her pale. eyes are
2: like bugging out of her head.
1: Yeah, she's very pale.
2: He says she. He's got his own private blood bank. So it's, what is he doing? He's feeding off of her, then he, putting blood back in her.
1: What I'm looking at is to keep himself out as much. He's still into O negative. He can transplant O negative into her and, and use drink. her as blood. So he's basically using her, like you said, like a blood bank.
2: I put my note. He likes the whole neck experience. Yeah. There you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's it i mean to me as i said that'll keep him from having to go out as much and Mm -hmm. hunt for victims because he's feeding off of her yeah he's feeding off of her
2: which sucks for her
1: keeping her replenished and feeding off of her he says he's looking at her like i'll get you out i'll get you out and he starts to kind of try to untie her and everything and as he unties her we see another car pulling up and this is scorzini
2: this is a green car
1: this is the car yeah, this. I guess he had two different vehicles, and this is the other one. Mm-hmm. So you know, he pulls up into this uh, driveway area. He gets out, and he goes into the house. As Kolchek is trying to get uh, her untied, he hears someone coming inside, mm-hmm. and I think he realizes, like, oh boy, somebody's yeah. here.
2: He's getting close to light.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's getting it's getting there. Yeah, he puts the ties back on on her basically, and puts the tape back over her mouth and he says just watch out because it's not it won't hold and then he goes and hides in the closet Scorzini comes in and he gives her some blood it's like that's what he's doing he had a
2: bottle of blood in his hand it's almost like he's transfusing from the bottle into her yeah he just fills her up and walks out
1: yeah, because you don't exactly see what he's doing, but that you could get to implication yeah. that's what he's doing here. Yeah. He's yeah, like you were saying, you know, saying it's basically you know she's like a blood pain.
2: My question is, why doesn't he just drink the blood? Why does he have to bite her? I think it's about the biting.
1: Well, the why th- doesn't he
2: just drink the blood if he's going to put it in her and drink it anyway?
1: Well, the thing about it is, is he hasn't got to kill any more people, so it won't draw as much attention to.
2: But him. I'm just saying, why does he just swig the bottle?
1: why don't he sweep well the thing about it is is i guess it's better to go through her it's like almost warm blood oh i guess yeah you know, that's <laughs> what i was assuming and also he can get a permanent supply of blood as yeah. long as he's keeping her alive and i guess i'm assuming too stealing blood to keep her alive is easier than going out and killing people and drawing more attention to yourself true but scorzini he steps out of the room and he has this kind of look on his face he like knows something something's there. not right he knows someone's there it's like he senses something
2: and Kolchak comes out of the closet and you're like oh god here he comes yeah.
1: <laughs> after this Kolchak comes out of his like, hiding place in the closet to shelly and as he's uh, getting over trying to get her loose again you see the doorknob start to turn and Kolchak looks over and sees this he's like oh just basically like, yeah. oh shit i need to and then he runs back, back in, in the, the closet and hides. And Kolchik is just sitting there, kind of just waiting. And then the door flies open. And there's Scorzini standing there.
2: He hisses at him. He
1: hisses at him. And Kolchik already has the cross in his hands holding it up.
2: And he shows fangs. So, he has fangs. So, he's a vampire. So if
1: there's any doubts that this was a vampire, there's no doubts now. How
2: he became one, we don't know. We
1: never know. We never hear. But he is one. Yeah, he is one. And Scorzini is, like you said, he's hissing. But he's kind of backing away.
2: Yeah, because of that cross. And
1: he's backing away, but his fangs are out. Kolchak is just slowly backing his way out of the room mm-hmm. with the cross in front of him.
2: And I think he's trying to get her out, get him out of the room from, from her. From her.
1: Yeah, drawing him away. as Scorsini uh, is actually following Kolchak, but keeping his distance mm-hmm. from him. And Kolchak kind of works his way and he's like slowly backing his way down the stairs He
2: nearly well up on before he started down the stairs he almost fell he almost fell and he disappeared the vampire just disappeared and then he starts down the stairs and he sees him standing up on the balcony looking down at him yeah and then he falls down the stairs yeah he
1: trips up on something he falls down the stairs and he lands down at the bottom of the stairs. And then Scorzini jumps, jumps from the balcony mm. down to the second level on the stairs.
2: He's tossing him all around. and
1: Yeah, and he goes down there. Yeah, and then he gets to Kolchak because Kolchak has dropped across. And then Scorzini attacks him. And then Kolchak is now getting tossed around like yep. the cops were. And he
2: finally wrestles him down on the ground and he's going to bite him on the neck.
1: Yeah, Kolchak is like the cops i mean he has no strength against this guy Mm-mm. this guy's gonna do what he's gonna do and yeah. you're right he's about to bite kolchek in the neck and Kolch, you can see kolchek is scared to death and about that time uh bernie comes in to the door
2: he smacks the vampire over the head with his gun and doesn't do anything yeah
1: and bernie's just knocked aside too <laughs> yeah it's just like he's like he's just a fly that just annoyed scorzini and he just bats him away the gun is not from bernie's hand of course and then kolchek kind of just rolls to the side and grabs bernie's gun and shoots scorzeny like point blank in the chest
2: which why he already saw him well i think it just kind
1: of confirms that yeah, yeah what he's seen was right yeah too at the same time like you said that you see him shot head. yeah he's shot he shoots him like three or four times in the chest yeah. and it does nothing
2: a vampire kind of comes at him and knocks the gun out of his hand and he's gonna attack him again and then bernie grabs him from behind mm-hmm. they're all kind of wrestling the vampire comes at i think he tosses bernie uh you know kind of over him yes into another room and the vampire kind of comes at kolchak again and kolchak jerks the curtain down and it's now sunlight yeah outside.
1: This, uh similar to peter cushing and uh, Horror yes. dracula where mm-hmm. you know he jerks the yeah curtain down and daylight just floods the room.
2: Vampire kinda of stumbles back. Did you notice the inside of his jacket when he moved back? Uh uh-uh. It's red. So he's got like that oh, classic Dracula. I didn't even notice the that. lining in his jacket is like yeah, the typical like Dracula vampire, colors. Yeah, vampire yeah. cape.
1: Yes. Yeah, I didn't even notice I didn't even think about that. Didn't notice it. But yeah, the lights come down or the lights are in the room uh the sunlight's in the room and Scorzini is just moving away. Bernie
2: opens the front door and blinds him more. Yeah,
1: Bernie kind of you know makes his way. Yeah, you're right. And he opens the door up and it's more sun. Yeah, more sun just floods this yeah. room. And Scorzini is just like he's almost cowering now. He mm-hmm. cowers away and he just is like backing his way up the stairs. Like mm-hmm. he's laying on his back, but he's trying to like move up the stairs on mm-hmm. his. You know, Bernie grabs the cross and is holding it on Scorzini as Kolchak grabs the stake and the mallet he goes over to Scorzini and starts pounding that stake into his chest and then Butcher and the police walk in as Kolchak has that mallet held up over his head after he's done staking him. The vampire has been staked and good ending is coming for everybody. Uh, yep. Nope not quite. And then we cut to Kolchak at his apartment. He is typing on an old school typewriter. Yes. He is typing his story up.
2: Yep, finishing yeah. it up and he, he asked Gail again, will she stop working nights? And she says, Not that again. Yeah. And he says, Will she marry him?
1: Well yeah, well Kolchak says, uh well she asked, Do you think they'll print it?
2: Oh yeah. And Kolchak yeah.
1: says, Yeah. And well he said they had to. We had an agreement sue says well you look tired you want me to drive you to the office yeah and he's like no 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 i'll be fine and that's when Kolchek asked her you yeah. know you should stop working nights
2: i wish he'd let her drive him
1: yeah and yeah. then she's like uh no not again with this and he says <laughs> well and, and also marry me
2: he's like really and he says well you're a good cook and a kisser yeah
1: a good, so cook why and a good kisser so yeah <laughs> yeah and he says you'll love new york He says uh, after this uh, hits the papers, he'll be back in style and...
2: They can get married. Yeah, they can get married
1: and leave this town and start a good life in New York. He heads out the door and she closes the door and everything seems to be good. Yeah. And then Kolchak walks into uh, the uh, newspaper. And uh, Vincenzo is sitting there at the desk. And he's dropping the story off there. And he says, Here's the story pictures for the special edition.
2: Yep, he says, I want it on the front page with pictures too.
1: Yeah, and Vincenzo, this is the first time. He's weird. He is very nice to well, him. Well, he's nice, but he isn't as. Abrasive. Yeah. He isn't as, I guess, what you would say, animated.
2: Yeah, and Coltec even asked him, Are you sick?
1: Yeah, he says, uh, Are you okay? And Vincenzo says, Fine vincenzo is just looking over everything and you know of course colchette says this is going in this is going in he says yeah yeah all it's going in yeah. he says, i was going in and vincenzo says jenkins wants to see you at the da's office he said maybe you should go on over Colchet's like he says like okay let's well, kind of vibe but okay
2: as he leaves the editor tells him you're one hell of a reporter
1: and to me i remember the first time i watched this movie i was like oh here's where the, the other shoe's about to, drop, about to on. drop i didn't know what it was going to be but yeah. i knew something bad because like i said when he walked in there mm-hmm. first time i seen this movie and vincenzo was just very yeah. like i said less animated it's almost
2: like he he's never going to see him again
1: yeah yeah and yeah he's i remember just when, when i heard him look at and he just looked at him with this almost kind of a somber mm-hmm. thing like you're a hell of a reporter yeah. check and Kolchak just looks at him like,
2: Oh, thanks.
1: Oh, yeah, thanks. But he mm. does seem like he's kind of thrown by that yeah. himself. It's,
2: not, it's out of character.
1: Yeah, it's very out of character for.
2: Him. He gets to the courthouse or the wherever he was going.
1: Yeah. It's the courthouse. Yeah, this is what's the DA's office space, yeah. basically.
2: And all the, you know, Jenkins, old dudes is there. Jenkins. Looking and slimy as but, usual. Butcher
1: and the DA are there, are waiting on him. Kolchak just walks in he thinks it's just no big deal there at first but here's the one thing about you see jenkins just kind of standing in the corner he's almost just like he's almost beside himself bernie uh, bernie then Kolchak just doesn't really know what's going on here he's and, like what's going on and butcher reads out a warrant for Kolchak's arrest yeah, he asked him if it's his
2: name and does he reside in las vegas yes and i was like here we go
1: he says, Colchett, this is a warrant for your arrest. For murder. For murder. Colchett thinks he's joking. Yeah. He thinks, what did you this is just a joke. What is going on here?
2: Yeah, he goes to leave. He says, y'all aren't pulling that on me.
1: Yeah, and like I said, you see Bernie sitting over there defeated on this. And the DA tells him, butcher saw you put a stake in a man's heart, wanted for questioning. Not arrested, not charged he says you broke up our stakeout charged in in front of us and killed him ranting and raving about Scorzini being a vampire and that you had to save the world
2: but he might complete insanity but yeah if he gets off he'll be in a same asylum for the rest of his life
1: so basically that was their story spin that Kolch just went in there and just killed this guy because he's
2: mentally and, off
1: mentally off
2: yeah. yeah i was like you bastards yeah never trust an old white man
1: yeah so the d.a story is you know that and yeah like you said the murder one kolchak plead insanity asylum for the rest of your life and kolchak is just beside himself on this he says i pulled your fat out of fire and you do this
2: bernie's like just sit down for a minute and kolchak's like bernie you were there you saw what happened yeah And the DA says, well, this is going to be your story, that it's already being printed. They have sent something to be printed and not his actual story. And And Kolchak's like, you aren't going to get away with this.
1: You just get the sense that Bernie's there and he's FBI, I'm assuming, and this is coming from even higher up than him, that he didn't want to do this, but his hand has been forced to. He just tells Kolchak, just listen. He says, the DA, here's the story that will be printed. And it says, Butcher and his men were forced into a gunfight and killed Scorsini with the man. Basically, they had him cornered. He resisted. They killed him. Cut and dry.
2: The threat is a different story. But the story that they're going to print in the paper is that the cops did their job. Everything's perfect. Yeah, everything's good. But they didn't... They, they didn't want to kill him, but he made them have to kill him. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: And Kolchak tells them that they're not going to print it. And Butcher says it's the story. Uh-huh. You know, basically, and if you open your mouth, we'll find you, bring you back here, use this warrant, and put you away forever. About that time, some officers start to bring back packed bags into the office. Uh-huh. So they've been to his place. Yes butcher goes up and picks them up and tells them get out of town we'll pick up your back rent and that's about time Kolchak grabs the phone and he's stopped by uh, I think the butcher and he says well I want to call Gail
2: yeah and Bernie says she's not there
1: yeah and then he's like worried like what have you done what to her? what
2: you've done with her yeah and the sheriff says they've done nothing to her he says they asked if she would be good enough to leave town and, do you th- and I was like, do you think they killed her?
1: I don't think they killed her. Basically, she's an undesirable element. Cole That's what Chase. the
2: DA says. She's an undesirable element and that they don't want undesirable elements in Las Vegas, which has made me think they killed her. I don't feel... What like, do they care if they didn't?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they killed her. I think what they did is they just shuffled her ass out of town. I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you don't know for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, you couldn't put it past them.
2: They knew they kind of couldn't kill Coltack in cold blood because everybody would wonder yeah they would think but see she's nobody yeah. to them well
1: yeah because Kolchak was because there was too many people at these press conferences that seen him asking mm-hmm. these questions to me and then all of a sudden it would he's look weird. Killed. Yeah. yeah yeah that would look very suspicious. but that was
2: what made me wonder if they killed her yeah
1: i mean it's it's possible yeah. you just don't know
2: well hope not
1: and Kolchak just looks at them and he knows he's beat and he just grabs his bags, and as he's getting ready to walk out, Bernie just kind of stops him. Bernie just tells him, There's nothing I could do.
2: That let me know where you land. Yeah. And Kolchak says he'll let him know, but yeah. probably not, right? No, no. <laughs> he,
1: he's like, No. Kolchak Kol- leaves. Kolchak is uh, driving out of town, I guess, and basically, voiceover says all the loose ends were tied up in a pretty little knot right around my neck.
2: Yeah, guess who's neck? Yeah, that's it. That's and he started. Really putting, it. He says he started putting in advertisements in the paper looking for Gail, I guess. And yeah. He did that until he ran out of money, but and he hasn't it, heard from her.
1: Yeah, and he says he doubts he'll see her again, but he said maybe it's for the best. because I guess I he hope feels she's like, alive somewhere. Yeah, I guess he feels like maybe he already caused her too much trouble. And then we cut back to the beginning of where we started, and Kolchek is, I guess he's listening to his last cassette. And he basically, like I said, it's like the book is finished. And it's up for you to judge. But he says if you try to verify these events, you will find it impossible because he said in Washington D.C., no file on Giannis Scorzini or his aliases exist.
2: So I just wiped his file out.
1: And he says in Vegas. All whom were involved either left town, aren't talking, or are dead.
2: I wonder who's dead now.
1: You don't know. Wow.
2: But Bernie's dead. I wouldn't doubt it.
1: I wouldn't doubt it. And he says he hasn't had a good night's sleep since this happened. And he says you might find it difficult as well because there's still one fact that cannot be buried. He said after the death of Scorzini, he and all his victims were immediately cremated why yes remember the legend all who are bitten by the vampire will return as one unless destroyed first so he says so think about it and try to tell yourself wherever you may be in the quiet of your home safety of your bed try to tell yourself it couldn't happen here and then he turns off the recorder drops the manuscript on the desk and the end i
2: had a question sure that saying says But it says those who die from the bite of a vampire. So that woman he had in the house did not die. She did not die. So she wouldn't be a vampire. Okay. Because I thought there may still be one out there. No, no.
0: Um, Okay.
1: There's allegedly, I mean, it's a very loose tie-in, but I don't really think it is. There's an episode of the Colchett TV show where there's a vampire in Las Vegas again. But it's a woman. Hmm. They don't directly tie it to this movie, but you kind of get to thinking hmm. that maybe it was another of Scorzini's victims that they didn't yeah. find. That and, she's and she's a vampire. she's a vampire. You know, it's a mm. little loose. But uh, like I said, that uh, wraps up uh, The Night Stalker. And I guess uh, we're going to jump into a little bit of behind-the-scenes and trivia now. So do you have anything that you want to share?
2: I'm just going to read some from IMDb. Sure. The original script of... Richard Matheson's call called for Carl Kolchak to be dressed in Bermuda shorts and wearing an Hawaiian shirt. Actor Darren McGavin said, that doesn't sound like anyone I know and elected to use a different wardrobe. While reading up on the character, McGavin noted that Kolchak had been fired from a New York newspaper years before and thought, that's it. He hasn't bought a new suit since. So Kolchak appeared in a Cir- circa 1950 suit.
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, because I have to admit, I don't know that I could see him in shorts and a Hawaiian shirt either. So that does make sense.
2: While feminine in Las Vegas, producer Dan Curtis was amazed at how oblivious the casino gamblers were to any events going on around them other than gambling. So, as a joke, one day, Barry, actor Barry Atwater. Which is the vampire mm-hmm. was asked to walk through the sahara casino in full costume and makeup to see if anybody noticed him he did this for over 40 minutes and didn't even get a second glance <laughs>
0: well,
1: everybody's focused addicted on it. Yeah, focused to their on gambling. gambling exactly
2: yeah. when kolchak exploring i can't say that guy's name sir sirensky oh uh, Skorzini. skorzini's house he opens up a refrigerator and finds One of the bottles of blood stolen from the hospital. The bottle is labeled Richards Benjamin. This appears to be a leftover prop from Pilot 1969. A TV movie later a series, The Immortal 1969. About a man named Ben Richards whose blood makes him immune to aging and disease.
1: I never even heard of that show. (laughs) Never even heard of it.
2: Okay, this is the last one I'll do. Sure. Actor Barry Atwater was given red contact lenses for his role as vampire. After wearing them for long periods, his eyes became very sensitive. As a result, he did not need the contact lenses to make his eyes look red in later scenes. Oh,
1: I can imagine. Because well, I didn't heard
2: Peter, uh, or was his face? Uh, Christopher, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee said the contacts were really hard to wear.
1: He said you could only wear them a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Because he said anytime they had to get shots of eyes with him with the contacts mm-hmm. in, they had to do it and do it fast. Because wow. he said... He said you cannot keep those contacts in because they were like glass, basically. And Mm. he said, yeah, very short amount of time you need to get it get it done.
2: That's all I'm going to do.
1: That's all you got. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, uh, this is, of course, was a TV movie. So this did not go to theaters, even though I think I heard that it did play some theaters overseas. I could be wrong about that. But this movie aired on ABC Network... January eighteenth of nineteen seventy two a budget of four hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it was based on an unpublished at the time book called The Kolchek Papers by Jeff Rice, which is a book I still haven't read. I need to read the book. I still haven't read that novel. I would like to, but I just haven't. The film was shot in twelve days. So this one was wow. shot pretty quick. Not even two weeks they wow. had this film shot. They shot it, some of it in Vegas, and some of it like on studio set. So I think they went and shot part, you know, just enough of it in Vegas to, you know, give it the feel, and then they shot mm-hmm. the rest of it in, in indoor places. This was one of the highest rated, and I think it still is one of the highest rated TV movies of all time. Mm. At the point that this aired... They said basically one out of three people in America was watching this movie at the time it aired. So you think about that. You got a room full of people. One out of every three in a group was probably watching this movie. And the
2: subject matter is a little weird to be that popular, but...
1: Yeah. This movie spawned a sequel the next year called The Night Strangler that took place in Seattle. And the Strangler is a man who has to, once again, drain blood. But he appears every 21 years kill victims and drain part of their blood.
2: Why they call him the Strangler?
1: Because he strangles them before he kills them. Oh. Yeah, he crushes their necks. That came out the following year. Uh, the Night Stalker. I, I remember reading, I got this book called The Night Stalker Companion by a writer named Mark. Dawitsky, I'm probably mispronouncing his name. If he's listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh, Dawitsky, I want to say, he goes They go into the production of this movie. You know, I know Jeff Rice, the writer, was actually around while they were filming this movie and talking about how Simon Oakland, who played Vincenzo, how he was really into character, yelling at everybody and stuff like that. But they said he was like a very nice man outside of that but to, to get in the character he's even actually yelling at Jeff Rice calling him a bad reporter <laughs> you know but then he's like after it's all said and done, he said does that that sounds good that sounds right you know that sounds right for the character because they said that Simon Oakland was just like his big teddy bear outside that but he played mm. the yelling of <laughs> Vincenzo very well you know just stuff like that because they said oh, by all events this was a very uneventful shoot this is one, I'm going to get into the TV series here and everything shortly. Darren McGavin loved this movie. He didn't have much good to say about the sequel or the TV show. Oh, really? Yeah, but he said this movie, he said when he read the script, he was like, yeah, I'm all in on mm-hmm. this. This this is great. He said because it, it was just something different mm-hmm. than what he had seen before. Yeah. Like I said, by all accounts, like I said, I couldn't really find anything out of the way on this uh shoot because i know in the book it sounds like this one like i said 12 days everything went smooth no big hassles on this i mean like i said but back then tv movies they were still you know they would just get in and knock these things out i mean i don't even think they do tv movies that much anymore outside for things like well, like hallmark channel and say. stuff like that i don't like really that.
2: watch mainstream tv so
1: I don't even really think they do TV movies for like regular TV anymore. Does
2: anybody watch regular TV anymore? <laughs>
1: uh, uh, apparently they do, but not like they used to. You just got so many options now. I mean, that's why it just amazes me when I hear how well this one did back then. Because you wouldn't get those kinds of ratings for a no. TV thing anymore. Not, not not, even not close. That's off
2: of streaming.
1: You know, it's like I said, this one is still called probably one of the best TV movies ever made and one of the most popular tv movies ever made and you know i can't argue with that and of course after the night strangler was made they decided hey let's do a tv series because both of these movies were very highly rated they did the tv series which by all accounts was a nightmare of a show to do because of all the behind the scenes issues with the show Darren McGavin said he would do it only if he owned a portion of the show and was a producer on the show. They agreed, but they went back on their agreement.
2: They were like those men. Yeah,
1: they were like the men in the movie. They were going supposed to start the show in mid-season, like in January. But that summer before, they said, no, we're going to start the show in September. They had no writers, no stories, no nothing. So they had to scramble to get this show oh. done because I remember by all accounts, I remember reading that sometimes they were handing pages of script to people before they were shooting. And sometimes (laughs) you would get pages for a script from scenes you had already shot a day ago. (laughs) By all accounts doing that show, Darren McGavin said the show was a nightmare.
2: Dan Curtis didn't do it.
1: No, Dan Curtis wasn't involved in the TV show. because I don't
2: think it would have been like that. He
1: didn't want to do TV show because he said he couldn't see how you would do it. The TV show... I'm going to say this, despite all the problems with the TV show, I love the TV show. It's a fun TV show. I can kind of see where some people would look at it as a hard show to do because basically you're doing, Kolchak discovers a monster every week. Kolchak finds this monster. Kolchak somehow loses the evidence (laughs) to prove this monster and then it just all goes away. That's the show every week. But I do enjoy the show, despite that, mm-hmm. because I, the first episode of the series is basically one about Jack the Ripper.
2: That's the one I watched.
1: Yeah. And if you really watch that episode, it's almost a remake of The Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. except set with Jack <laughs> the Ripper instead of a vampire. Yeah. I have a lot of affection for the TV show. I watched it when I was a kid. It's just, it's a fun series to watch. I mean, there's some of my favorite ones. Is one called Chopper. Which is about a headless motorcycle rider. How cool. That goes around chopping people's heads off of like, I guess people who wronged him in life, despite the terrible special effects for it. You gotta remember <laughs> this was nineteen seventy three, seventy four, when this show was out. And it's basically a man who has a fake shoulders put on top of his own head and it's like you know, it's almost like somebody stuck their head down into a coat.
2: Oh, that's kinda like um Sleepy Hollow.
1: Yeah you know there's an episode about that there's one about a zombie who's going around killing people that's been you know brought back to life and it has one of the scariest scenes i've seen on the tv show when i was a kid i remember watching it late at night and the zombies like laying into because he's hiding out in like an old auto park graveyard like a junkyard
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the zombies after kolchak next but kolchak finds out the only way you can stop the zombie is to pour salt into his mouth and sew his mouth shut. Oh! And kolchek is in there, and the zombie's laying dormant. And he pours the salt in his mouth. And just as he's about to sew the mouth up, the zombie's eyes open in season, and sees him. And then he geez. starts going after him. That scared the hell no, out of me. No, I
2: don't even want to watch that. From that scared. You saying that it scared
1: the hell out of me when I was a kid watching. <laughs> Cause they used to rerun this show late at night on friday nights on cbs and they would mm. show the episodes and i remember watching that late night that scared the shit out of me i do <laughs> i remember that specifically <laughs> and then of course one of my last one of my favorites is one called uh, the spanish moss murders which is about this person who is like in a dream state and he dreams of this old legend that you know somebody told him about this thing called Paramafe, which is a spanish moss monster it's not a real monster he just dreams it up and he dreams it up and it starts going around killing people and it's you know killing people in uh chicago and that one there is really good but i mean i like all the episodes of the show to one degree or another but it's like i said it's it's a lot of fun despite all the behind the scenes issues with it which god i mean i'm actually shocked the show turned out as good as it did but i highly recommend that that's on blu-ray as well then two movies are on blu-ray and i don't really have much to say about this last thing so i'm gonna keep it brief on this there was a remake tv series in 2005 called the night stalker i think it was stewart townsend played kolchak and it's completely different kind of character. It was like a darker show hmm. and it was everything and it just wasn't any fun at all i tried to watch like Maybe, i think i watched two to three episodes of it and it wasn't that good the only thing that i kind of liked and it was just a very brief shot is that they, they did a thing where they superimposed Derry mcgavin in one of the scenes in the background like dressed as carl kolchak it was just like a cgi kind of brief thing i guess to kind of you know honor him in a way because yeah. i think he'd already passed away by this point from what i remember and i don't know but outside that the show just wasn't good yeah i mean i watched two to three episodes of it and it just didn't work i don't really have a lot more on trivia i recommend that book if you can find it it's very expensive right now it's the night stalker companion i have heard rumors that it might be going back into print soon i i mean that's just rumors take that with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. or maybe by the time you're hearing this record maybe it will be back in print (laughs) But I would recommend picking it up because you can find used copies of it right now, but they're going for a pretty penny. Yeah, they're going for a pretty penny right now. But with that, I guess uh, if anything, uh, we're going to jump in from here and we're going to go into our final thoughts on this. And I will go with you first because I'm very curious to hear your reaction <laughs> to this movie.
2: I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about N- this one.
1: That's why I wanted to hear this because your first time you watching <laughs> this, you did your usual thing like i don't know if i like this
2: <laughs> so
1: okay that's why i want to hear this but and i don't ahead.
2: do well when we watch movies in the bedroom yeah i do better when i'm sitting on the couch yeah you get all bundled up in the covers and i start going to sleep mm-hmm. and i just this movie wasn't what i expected i don't know if i paid attention when i watched the tv show well
1: can i ask a question what were you expecting
2: a detective show Like a detective like Like just a crime show, which it kind of was, but I didn't expect the uh, supernatural stuff in it. Oh, okay. I just thought he was going to be like, I thought he was a cop. In my head, he was a cop. I don't know why. Okay. But I I guess I didn't pay attention when I was watching the TV show. Yeah. You know, I half-ass watch stuff sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. Yeah.
2: i was like well and then when it started with all the voiceover stuff which i know was popular at that time you know in movies but i wasn't sure about doing notes with the voiceover
1: i think this is the first movie we've done is involved flashbacks because no. really this whole movie is basically a flashback mm-hmm. yeah yeah
2: yeah the whole thing yeah but i didn't do too hot with the first viewing the second viewing i watched today I was by myself. I liked it much better. Okay. All right. Yeah. I got the whole Kolchak vibe. Like I didn't pick up on his personality the first time. And I, I did this time and I laughed and I thought he was funny. I got a little creeped. Oh, really? the yeah. house yeah. Yeah. with the vampire. I thought he was very creepy. Yeah. the way he would turn his head to the side and look at him sometimes I was like oh no well I
1: know I mentioned to you didn't you see kind of a similarity to Barnabas yep. Collins and the look of him just yep. a uh, not exactly but similar.
2: He actually kind of more reminded me of that new series of Barnabas
1: Oh the um, um, that
2: new guy. I can't think of his name. He's dead now, but...
1: The one from the 90s? Yes. Yeah. He kind of, the the
2: way the suit was reminded me more of him. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Um, Because Barnabas had more of like the pinstripe suits. Well, yeah, yeah, Um, At times. I know with it being Dan Curtis, he brought some Dark shadow stuff over into this. Probably
1: so, yeah. Like that old
2: house that looked like the old house. Yeah. No electricity in it. You know, real kind of nobody lived there for the long time you can tell i I was glad it didn't get too gruesome you know with the kills and all and even when they would show the bodies it didn't really get close to them
1: yeah i think at the time they had to really scale back Mm -hmm. on some of this because i remember reading something where they couldn't focus on the blood too much uh, like scorzin because even the clear what they showed, you only seen it very briefly because they cut away from it because yeah. they weren't allowed to show it. And here's a funny thing: there's supposed to be mentions of this vampire's breath being very bad because mm-hmm. anybody could smell it. I think they had to cut that out of the movie because the censors said that that sounded too gross. So you see that they couldn't get too bloody with this, so they they had to leave it a lot to your imagination. Yeah,
2: I thought you know, it was so typical that you know why didn't he kill men too i mean he could have he was strong enough i I get tired of the whole predatory women thing you know
1: well this is
2: very common back then you know and i know there's that whole stereotype of women are a little bit more try to be nice kind of thing even though i don't think he really gave much of a chance to some of them and really it only showed one of them get killed and they didn't really show it, like, the very first one. Yeah, yeah. Like, you actually seen him fighting with her.
1: Well, yeah, and the thing about it is, though, is you have to look at that first woman, though. She was a brown belt in karate. Yeah, and she didn't have a so chance. So she was tougher than most men. Yeah. And, you know, because she could have probably took a number of men out. But yeah, even she did no good. No, so. he was strong. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think they stuck to some of the classic vampire things in this. Well, this was the early seventies, yeah, yeah, so... But that was that was cool. I mean, I thought he was an interesting looking vampire.
1: I know you mentioned something too. Once again, of that they didn't say how he became one.
2: Never did. Yeah, you don't know. It just said that, just suddenly after his father died, started traveling, and you wonder if maybe he ran into a vampire or something and became one. It could be somebody bit him during the nightlife or something then he became a vampire and then he went into that where he was actually getting bodies to feed off of
1: yeah and i mean i do kind of they don't really do that kind of thing anymore Mm -hmm. but i do like how sometimes they'll just leave it vague for you Mm -hmm. like you know when we talked about the movie silver bullet you never knew how that guy became a werewolf
2: it never said it never said he never had any flashbacks to Nothing. a younger time or when he became a. I guess you can see both sides. Like sometimes I'm nosy and I want to know, Yeah. and then sometimes I don't need to know. Well, yeah, there, yeah. You, go. there so, you go. So this guy, you didn't, you did, and he wasn't quite as old as some vampires. No, no. You know they're usually like hundreds of years old no, or this something. One was only
0: seven. seventy-three. Seven. Yeah.
2: I was thinking, Lord, because I was thinking from 2023, he's really super old. But then, no, we were from 72. Yeah, he wasn't is, that old. Yes,
1: maybe he was 72. He was
2: 73 years old. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, the it was kind of more of a classic way to do a vampire story. You know, not gruesome, not bloody. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, you could see the pauses in the movie where the TV oh, went yeah, off for well, a commercial. The, you know, the
1: commercial breaks, yeah. <laughs> Yep.
2: Yeah. I enjoyed it.
1: So actors, you like all oh, the I other...
2: love the guy that played Coltec. Oh, Darren I always love him. Yeah, yeah. I'll always love him from Christmas Story. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, that's probably. He will
2: always be that to me.
1: Probably outside of this movie, that's what yeah. he's best known for. That's where
2: you see him from. Yeah,
1: yeah that's probably. Best yeah, knowledge. I
2: think he was perfect for the role.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he fit that role like a glove. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. I, I can't see anybody else that could have done yeah. that part as well as he did.
2: And I like that, you know, like, so many times back in the day, like, or even with detectives, they're always kind of creepy with women, mm-hmm. you know, they're always flirty he wasn't really no i think because he was in a relationship with her
1: yeah i think he had feelings for this yeah. girl yeah, yeah even
2: though it didn't really talk about their relationship other than that they were talking about marriage well, about how long they'd been together
1: yeah but you have to kind of look at it too this movie wasn't really about that that was just yeah. kind of something that was there yeah but yeah you could i think you got just enough of a hand of it yeah to know. i think yeah. he
2: was just very dedicated to his work to being a reporter Yes. And he wasn't like a creepo.
1: No, no. I mean you didn't get that. Yeah. You didn't get that vibe off of him at mm-hmm. all. He
2: wasn't like a creepy old man. No. You know, like that big guy in that show. What's that show that would come on in the mornings after that sunstrip show or whatever? What is the big guy? He's a heavy set guy with the mustache. Ugh.
0: I he don't, was
2: uh... It would come on and and we would talk about how it was odd that the stars back then were old and and fat. Oh, you talking about Cannon? Cannon, yeah. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> well, was he hitting on the ladies? I? Well, I, I just play?
2: always got this weird feeling off of him. I don't know. I mean, I
1: God, Cannon.
2: Um, <laughs> I didn't know
1: he was going to come up in this. Um, I've seen a lot of re- reruns of that show. Mm-hmm i never seen him macking on the ladies. I don't know. I, I don't know. Wrong. It's
2: just a feeling I got I, yeah, from him.
1: Yeah, I don't know. i just never seen him hitting on the ladies. He was a very agile big guy. I'll give him that because i seen him tuck and roll and shoot <laughs> people and stuff like that. So he was pretty agile for a big guy.
2: So was Barnaby Jones. Yeah,
1: Bar- well, yeah, Barnaby Jones. Yeah. Yeah, we're going into 70s TV show hell here. So, but yeah, back when there was actual real looking people on yeah. TV and not these people that lied they walked out of gq magazine or whatever because they were really
2: super old and gray-headed well yeah where
1: their hair is perfectly quaffed all the time (laughs) and everything even if they're in a fight their hair doesn't get messed up right you know so yeah this was back in the days where there's actually real people Mm, yeah so like
2: he was just a dedicated reporter yeah like he wasn't like i mean i think he was like a smart aleck kind of personality
1: yeah he very quick very quick yeah
2: yeah so he's you have to be on your toes all the time i guess as a reporter yeah well you the, have the to way. have a bunch of connections everywhere so you can get your stories. You get you know people can tell you what's going on here or there you know
1: well that's the one thing i was happy they retained in the the tv series when they did it even though like i said despite the series being very troubled the Kolchak character was very similar to like he is in here you know very Mm. similar so they did keep that
2: but I mean I'm glad we did it I mean this was our second tv movie this month and I think it was a good pairing yeah
1: yeah it's like I said I mean I I wasn't sure what you were gonna think of this I was I wasn't either yeah well (laughs) but then again you went into a number of movies you Mm. didn't think you was gonna like that you know you weren't gonna like I remember playing the apes you were kind of him and hawing about that. He was like, those apes, they just don't look real <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. You came around on that one too. I
2: actually think I do better when I watch movies by myself because when I'm with you, I rely on you to tell me what's going on because I'm yeah. always asking you questions. So yeah. I don't tend to follow it as yeah, well because I'm like, well, David, you can tell me what yeah, yeah. if I just daze off for a second. I'll be like, what happened?
1: Yeah, yeah, or whatever.
2: And you can tell me. I think I do better yeah. on my own. Well,
1: you do better when I have at... to
2: rely on myself. Well,
1: here's the thing about it you do better when you actually have to do your notes to stop how much you hate them because you actually have to focus on the movie oh, when you watching it.
2: But it is rough. I did not want it to do it today. Yeah. Well, and then I thought, as soon as I started with that voiceover, I was like, oh, God, this is going to suck. Like I was telling you earlier, it's. Like you're trying to stay in the voiceover, but there's actually images that you need to yeah. to to talk about to get this, to do the discussion. Yeah, and I was like, it's yeah. getting on my nerves.
1: Yeah, I thought I was going to have trouble with that. I didn't have really... It didn't
2: take me long to get in my groove with it.
1: No, the trouble I always have is with a little black and white Sabrina. That's where my note trouble comes into play.
2: And the whole movie's not voiceovers. It's just here and there. Parts of it, yeah. And so I got a little bit better as we got on into the movie. Yeah. But I thought it was really good. It moved fast. Like, there was always something going on.
1: Uh, So, the story overall? did You you like the story? what about how it ended up
2: i really hated they did him that way but i kind of figured it was gonna happen i just i was worried they were gonna kill him though when he went there they were gonna kill him
1: that would they could have done that but mm -hmm. like i said i think if kolchek would have died somebody
2: would have figured it out yeah
1: somebody would have figured because they couldn't kill him because he was too what i want to say loud about everything mm-hmm. i guess that's one of the best ways to describe it he and would,
2: i would be worried about him knowing something and i've left something behind to tell somebody yeah that there's something off with these guys yeah um like a tape that he left with somebody i would be afraid of that yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but i think they basically they had him they over just a bullied bar- him out they had him over a barrel. yeah you know it was like basically you know you talk about this or you try to come back into town you do anything we're going to use this warrant we're going to arrest you
2: yeah because i mean really technically he had pictures of everything he could have proved it probably well but with who he was going up against Like all the powers that be in that town,
1: not only that that town, but you got to remember, Washington, yeah, yeah, Washington. So this was all all the way up to the top.
2: You know, all the president could have been in on it. Like we we can't have panic.
1: Yeah, we could. Yeah, (laughs) we can't let nobody know that there's an actual real life vampire Vampire. running around.
2: You know, in all his travels, has he left some behind? Yeah, yeah. And there could be some out there. There could be more. Yeah, you, know? you, you
1: don't know for sure. So, uh, I guess overall, do you have any other things you want to no, say about I'm this I'm ready one?
2: to do my rating.
1: Okay, I guess uh, 1 to 10 stakes. 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. Where does this one hit for you?
2: i give it an 8. An 8? Well, mm-hmm. that's, that's solid. That's a good number. Uh, so,
1: mm-hmm. so this is one you would recommend?
2: Yeah, I actually kind of want to watch the TV show.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, actually, I've been planning on... I always watch episodes of that, so mm-hmm. we can do that. Because I yep. said there's still a sequel to this, too, to, to watch at some point. But I guess, so. Uh, you wrapping up yours. I'm going to go uh, do mine here. This is probably next to our previous uh, episode, uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. This is probably, this one and that is probably two of my favorite TV movies I've ever seen. This one right here just checks all the boxes for me. Mm-hmm. As far as, you know, it's a good story it's very what you was talking about it moves along mm-hmm. always something going. yeah on. there's very little to no fat on this thing at all mm-hmm. this movie clocks in with credits probably 75 minutes because yeah. this was back in days they did tv movies that were 90 minutes long this one just flies by because you're hitting one murder then the next murder then the next murder i
2: think there was five murders within like 30 45 minutes
1: yes yeah i mean it just moves yeah and of course, this was written from uh, the novel that, was, like I said, was unpublished at the time by Richard Matheson, who is one of my favorite writers. He's written, he wrote probably my favorite book that I ever read, I Am Legend. So he adapted it from uh, the novel you know i am legend is just like i said i've still got one of my original copies i had of it when i was a little kid surprisingly it still held up after all these years <laughs> but that was a book i read that just floored me at the ending of that book yeah the book was already creepy but the ending of it on what everything meant and what was happening i was like oh i mean that blew my little brain right out <laughs> i was in i was young. i was in elementary school when oh, i read wow. that book and it just blew my little mind i mean the script is just solid mm-hmm. i mean he keeps the pace moving and the director uh moxley he's directed so many things he keeps things going as well i mean the directing yeah. on this movie i love the style of the shots a lot of the time like the one we was talking about Whereas like the point of view of the corpse where all the Mm -hmm. examiners are. I thought that was a cool little shot to start Mm -hmm. everything else. Almost like the body was looking up at the people who were about to dissect them. (laughs) You know, stuff like that. I thought that was awesome. They just used Las Vegas at the time pretty well considering, you know, like I said, Las Vegas wasn't nowhere near what it was now. It was still a growing boy, I guess, back then. But Mm -hmm. they, they used the locations very well even though they weren't there the whole time. I mean the the movie was just very stylishly directed for a tv movie yeah. i mean it's very well polished and like i say it's just very efficient storytelling in this movie i loved how you got to know the characters but you didn't dig into their complete backstories Mm-mm. you know you knew Colchett was kind of a guy who'd been bounced around from job to job to job and he mm-hmm. was kind of I guess he was at a downward rung, in his opinion. He wanted to get back to the big leagues. Yep. And it was like we was talking about in this, he isn't altruistic hero. Mm-hmm. He isn't like, I'm going to do good. I'm like Mm-mm. you know like Superman. I'm going to do good just because it's the right thing. No, he had his oh, motive. famous in this again. Too. Yeah, I want to, <laughs> I want back in the big leagues. And yeah. this is my ticket to the big leagues. Uh-huh. Now, I think the hero thing kicked into play once he found that woman still alive. I think that's where it almost kind of shifted for him in a way because I think that's where he had to kind of flip into a hero mode a little mm-hmm. bit more because you knows he was trying to draw that vampire away from her. <laughs> Even though he still had his motives on why he was ultimately won't do yeah. it, I think, a little bit of a hero thing kind of. Even came though I her.
2: don't know how he thought he was going to hold that cross and stake him. If Bernie hadn't come, well, I don't know almost, how he was planning on doing that. It
1: almost made me wonder if he was trying to draw him downstairs and kind of just hold him there until they got there until they got there and Mm. did that i thought maybe that was the original plan but the original plan didn't pan out
2: because he fell down the stairs yeah there you go (laughs) yeah there
1: you go i mean to me like i said this movie it's a great cast like you said mcgavin loved him in this i just uh, it's just it was awesome Uh, performance i love how his banter you know, particularly how he just got on everybody's nerves. Like <laughs> Sheriff Butcher, you know, uh, 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 Claude Aikens there. How he just got on everybody's nerves and just got up under their skin. I'm not, I, That would so be me if I was doing that kind Cause of
2: Because he challenged everything they tried to do. Like yeah. he just, they wanted everybody to just shut up and let it kind of die itself down. And he just kept bringing it up bringing it up.
1: Because there was this one scene we did. I don't think we talked about it where it was in the press conference talking about this word suffering or suffrage yeah
2: he said it wrong
1: yeah and he, he called out the uh sheriff butcher said that's wrong it's like suffrage or something and, and, it's like whatever and, and he's like what and he said suffrage used word wrong butchers like shut up you know? <laughs> yeah. so yeah it was just stuff like that i mean i just think this whole cast was just good mm-hmm. everybody played their parts very well I don't know. It's just like I said. It's, it's almost one of them TV movies. I can find very little fault with this movie. You know, I was sitting there watching it again. I mean, outside of the strangeness of the house being so dilapidated,
2: and how many car scenes they had with him just driving. But I guess that's the kind of indication that he's on his way to a story or
1: oh, on the, oh, in the movie yeah, like yeah, oh, driving he in Las Vegas
2: spends most of the time in his car going here and there.
1: Well, and I think that was the thing about it. That was some of the establishing stuff that they had to do to show that they were in Vegas because, like I said, they didn't shoot the whole time. So they had to get these kind of shots to establish, Mm. okay, he's driving here, he's driving here. Because the TV series took place in Chicago, and they only shot driving scenes in Chicago. The rest (laughs) of it was in sound stages in uh, in California, I think. (laughs) I don't know. It's like I said, I was sitting there trying to find fault with this. I can't really do it. This is just top notch to me. And I really do need to read the novel of this. Maybe I need to look on Amazon and see if it's in print or something, because I would like to read it. I don't know why I haven't read it. Just an oversight on my part, I guess. (laughs) Like I said, I mean, I I can't praise this movie enough.
2: I have a question. Sure. You know how it said once a vampire kills you, you come back? Yeah. And you're also a vampire? Yeah. Did they burn those women right away, or did they burn them with him? It they, made it sound like they burned them all together.
1: They burned them all together. How
2: long did it take them not to come well, back? Well, you
1: said it only took a few days before. This only lasted in the space of a week.
2: Well, it just felt like that's not well, a long time. Well, I mean,
1: sometimes uh, in vampire lore, I've heard the hibernation period, it takes a little bit for them oh. to start to rise again. And maybe this was one of the cases, maybe they wouldn't. Yeah. But they just wanted to cover just to be sure. Huh? You don't really know. But, yeah, that's an interesting question, Yeah, not too, one of
2: them woke up in all that time.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, it's like I said, though, I think this movie, if you really look at it, it, only took place over the space of a week. You know, something like that. But, I guess, uh, with that, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap my review up here. And, one to ten stakes on this one. One being worst, ten being the best. This is gonna get a ten from me.
0: Wow. This is
1: gonna get a ten i can find no real fault with this movie for what what it is and what they're trying to do with it i can't find anything i can't find anything that i could say oh that part sucks or that part sucks or this sucks about it yeah i can't nothing i was sitting there trying to figure that out you know earlier like is there anything bad about this movie is there anything i can call to task on it no nothing <laughs> so 10, 10 out of 10 for me solid yeah. This perfect But with that, I guess uh, we're going to wrap up our uh, portion on the Night Stalker. And what we're going to do here is we're going to give some recommendations for kind of maybe scary kind of TV movies to uh, maybe watch during uh, the Halloween holidays here. I'm going to let Sherry jump into hers first because mine, I don't really have mine ranked in any particular order. Mine are just some recommendations that I think people might find of interest. But with that, I'm going to let Sherry uh, jump into her first
2: one. My first one took me years and years and years to watch because you always told me it creeped you out, so I didn't want to watch it. Mm. Salem's Lot.
1: Salem's Lot, yeah.
2: And David really didn't give me a chance a choice to watch this he just put it in and started watching it and i was like what is this and he was like this is salem's lot i'm like i told you i never want to watch this yeah. but then there i was watching it yeah and that barlow popping out yeah out of the dark
1: yeah because his head always just popped up in a frame yeah
2: it scared well, the well, actually, out of me he didn't do
1: it that many times twice. only twice
2: that was enough yeah
1: well yeah that was enough for me well it was enough for me when I'll i was lay back
2: down barlow that's
1: yeah enough. yeah i'm assuming the since this is in your top three you really like the movie mm, i did i've considered doing this on the podcast but i can't really figure out i don't way i could figure out we could do it we just have to do part one of yeah. it and then part two on a separate yeah. episode because this because
2: another like, one on my list i want to do and yeah. then we'd have to do it in two parts yeah
1: yeah but yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you on this one. Salem's Lot is it's always a good one. It's a good one to watch, particularly at night during like the winter months. No. Yeah, it is. Not at night. Yeah, at night. Mm-mm. Yeah, because then we watch it at night. Yeah, right?
2: and then you went to work and left me here by myself. No,
1: I went to work the next night. I oh. was here that
2: night. Well, yeah, I was probably happy about that then. Yeah.
1: And we got Sabrina to protect us from Barlow, so we're fine there. Mm. But so, Salem's Lot is your third. That's my third one. Okay. My first one here, it's just like I said, these are in no particular order. It's one called I Desire from 1982. This is a movie directed by the director of The Night Stalker, John uh, Dewell and Moxie. This is a movie, it's about this morgue attendant who's played by the actor from uh, American Werewolf in London, David Naughton, who works as a morgue attendant. And he starts coming across bodies coming into the morgue with bites on her neck. And I'm not going to get too far into this, but he finds out it's a prostitute who are killing men. Oh, wow. And she's a vampire. I guess I'm kind of worrying this right. She only kills the blood of sinners. Or takes the blood of sinners. You know, I guess men who are you know cheating on her wife or a prostitute and (laughs) killing them i mean i don't want to go into all the details of this because i would prefer people watch it i mean Mm -hmm. you can it's on youtube so you can watch it anytime Mm -hmm. it's always been a favorite of mine is it's kind of it creeped me out a lot when i was a kid because i remember the woman vampire was similar to scorzin she hissed but i i really like this one i mean it's not one that's very well known but I do recommend it because it's, you know, it's like I said, it's a pretty solid TV movie. She for didn't like
2: Grace of, Jones, did she?
1: She looked European, like um, Eastern European creepy, kind of one. Grace
2: Jones was creepy.
1: Yeah, but no, she didn't look anything like that. She, but this is a very, very good movie. I mean, I always liked it. And I said, not well known, but that's kind of what I wanted to throw out here. Some lesser known yeah. ones. And that's, uh, that, that's the, my third one. So what do you have for your number two there
2: um sleepy hollow the cartoon
1: oh yes
2: always my favorite version
1: i can't remember the first time that ever aired but it's an older cartoon but boy Mm. it it still is good
2: it's so good it's
1: not even really that long either maybe Mm -mm. like 20 minutes long Mm -hmm. 30 minutes long it's not long but yeah that scared the hell out of me yeah it's it's
2: well done
1: I don't think I'm right about this. And somebody, if uh, anybody hears this, you can call me out on it. I thought Boris Karloff was one of them who narrated that. But maybe I'm thinking of the Grinch. I might be thinking of the Grinch. But I don't know. I could always sworn Boris Karloff kind of narrated the uh, story of that on on the cartoon. I could be completely no, wrong. No, that
2: sounds I... familiar. We talked about something like that before, I think.
1: Yeah, I could be completely But I can't remember I could either, be completely which wrong. Which it is. But I just remember how amazing that thing looked. And I watched mm-hmm. it on the Walt Disney Sunday things. They used to do Walt Disney uh, Sunday nights and everything yeah. when I was a kid. And they would play that around every Halloween. When and, I was little, it scared me to yeah, death. Yeah,
2: and I always expected every version of Sleepy Hollow to fall with that version. Yeah.
1: And they yeah. really didn't. No, was, no. They all went differently. But, that, I mean, Sleepy Hollow is one of my favorite stories when me I was too. a kid. And like I said, my, one of mine here is another Sleepy Hollow thing, but I'll get into that when I get into it. But So that's your number two? That's my number two. Okay. My number two is a movie from 1988, and it's called I Saw What You Did. And this is a movie, it's about this girl, you know, with her friends... And they just you know this is back in the days for cell phones and you could prank call people on your landline <laughs> and they would just prank call people and say i saw what you did and then hang up on them. <laughs> but here's the rub they call somebody and say i saw what you did and this guy just killed his girlfriend
2: <gasps> he took him serious
1: uh-huh so basically, this movie it goes through everything, and this killer comes to find out who it was that it actually called. Did Star
2: 69 them?
1: Uh, teacher, did Star 69 happen? I don't know if it was around at that time.
2: Ooh. I'm
1: trying to remember the circumstances of exactly how he found out about who it was that called. Mm. But he finds out. Things go downhill from there.
2: That's why you shouldn't fuck with people.
1: It's a cool little TV movie. I think last time I watched this movie was probably about years ago or who so. was in it shawnee smith was in it she was a uh, in um the saw movies amanda the uh, one that was jigsaw yeah. Kind of, yeah it yeah. was her wonder girls from full house was in it she was very little though candace Bure, Bure. yeah yeah i think she was mm-hmm. that too but she was very little
2: cameron yeah cameron. But Bure, yeah, man, yeah.
1: um but it's a very good movie. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it's another one that you can watch on YouTube. Or last time I seen it, it I had to look one. that up. Yeah, and I thought it was, it's a very good movie. It's like a, I think it's a remake of an older movie, an old William Castle movie. Like I said, it's it's a it's a very cool little TV movie. You know, and it's well worth watching. And it's a good little solid kind of horror kind of thriller. Yeah. Uh, that's my uh, number two recommendation. So, what's your last one? It it yeah the series. Mini series yeah
2: it's a two-parter so if we ever do it on the podcast i'll do it in two parts yeah but it's my favorite version of it
1: yeah i can understand that this is the first one i ever seen Me so too. i have a lot of affection for. and i
2: read it. the book after i saw it oh i didn't know anything about stephen king really
1: i think i read the book before i seen the movie mm-hmm. but it wasn't too long before i seen the movie because I remember I had that thick paperback at it. Me book. too. I had this thick paperback. Because I got a, for Christmas one year, I got a little book box set. It had that one and two other King books in it. Mm. And I remember that was the first one I read and got it. I, it was so good, I didn't want to put it down, but it felt like it took me forever to read it at the same time. But, yeah.
2: I had uh, I would lay in my bed and I would have Pennywise's face on the front of the book. Oh, mine didn't and have that. And I would that. just look at him in the dark sometimes. I it think, was creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah, mine didn't have that one, actually. Yeah, mine. It
2: just had it and red in his face from the movie.
1: Oh, okay. No, mine It was, was
2: probably bought because, I, you know, it was something that was published. It was tied in with yeah, the movie. Yeah, like merchandise. Yeah, mine yeah. must have
1: been the cover right before that because mine just had a picture of the rain the gutters on yeah in a yeah. little balloon on there yeah and like almost like a claw or something <laughs> on. so that was what my i guess mine was the cover previous to that yeah. but oh i remember i read the hell out of that book yeah i can't fault you on it because that's like i still remember that was a movie people watched and i remember we all talked about it the next day like oh god that was so scary. Oh, I, I, still I, I still remember that i still remember that
2: and i had such a crush on, on jonathan Brandis.
1: Oh yeah, I I keep forgetting he was in that. Yeah, I forget he's in that. But I just remember people talked about that movie. You know, after it aired, how just how scary it was. So yeah, even
2: though it turned out to be dumb in the end, uh, like I would rather have just left the illusion of he he's what you fear. Yeah, well, not a big spotter
1: a lot sometimes unfortunately the setup is better than the payoff unfortunately <laughs> and i think yeah that's where that falls in but i can I, i've heard a lot of people say that and mm-hmm. i've said it too so but that's your number one number one okay my number one and we're going to go back and this is a tv movie of the legend of sleepy hollow from 1980 jeff goldblum is ichabod crane meg foster is uh, katrina van tassel and for all things, a uh, dick Butkus <laughs> is Brom Bones. Oh in this Lord! Movie. This was one I loved this movie when I was a kid. I don't really see it around anymore. I remember it was on videotape. I remember I, think renting, I remember, it, I remember, I remember this. renting it on videotape. I don't
2: remember Jeff Goldblum playing. Like uh, <laughs> no,
1: Now, I'm not sure if it's on YouTube or not, but it's actually a pretty good version mm. of the movie or the yeah. story. I mean. I was little when I watched this. But I remember it aired a few times over the years and then it was on videotape and then after that it kind of disappeared. And I want to say I did see it on YouTube at one time but I still haven't watched it. This was a good version of the story. It's a little different in some ways. You know how they do kind of tweak the story around. It was a little different than the story that you're accustomed to. But it doesn't change it so much where it's yeah. unrecognizable. Overall, like I said, it's it's a... I do recommend it a lot because, like I said, it's just a solid TV movie from back then. Actually, Jeff Goldblum was ideal for that character because he's like long and skinny Tall, and lanky, yeah. and the character about Crane is, is that what
2: ponytail on him.
1: Yep. yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, you might be able to see a trailer for it or something on yeah. YouTube. So two of
2: those, I'd I'd love to, that you've talked about. I'd love to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, like the I said.
2: one the prank calling.
1: Yeah, that one's Yeah, that good. sounds
2: good yeah but like i said i
1: mean the legend of sleepy hollow from 1980 i mean if you've seen a number of the other versions that one there it might be one that's up under your radar but well worth a watch but i guess with that that's going to wrap up my top three and that will be wrapping up this episode
0: yeah
1: you know if you want to get a hold of us drop us an email at the at gmail.com that's t-h-a not t-h-e uh, go to the com. download the episodes. You know I think uh, from what I've been seeing a lot of people aren't really using Spotify that much. i
2: will try to hang in there but yeah, if they start pinging me. I don't have time to be.
1: Yeah, so doing uh, all that. I would say your best bet you want to get the episodes, go Off our website yeah, go to the website. I know a lot of people tell me they go to Player FM, Podbay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. probably your other apps of choice. You might be able to get it, but it seems mm-hmm. like Spotify. I've talked to a lot of people who've been having problems with yeah. it, and we have as well. So it might be a point where we might not be on there anymore. But they're
2: scanning them with AI bots, and yeah. they're just catching because we originally got pinged. Yeah, for Terminator for uh, You Could Be Mine. Yeah, Guns N' Roses and I edited that, and then a year later they got us for the actual theme of terminator yeah yeah so so then i realized we couldn't even do theme music so now we're going to try to do just trailers
1: yeah we're going to try to work around it and see what we can do
2: some of the older movies don't have a lot to to find so Mm -hmm. i'll just have to put whatever in those yeah Yeah. we're
1: we're just going to play it and see how it goes (laughs) that's all we can do like I said, we're on pretty much any of the other podcast apps or go to the website. That's one of the easiest places to get. You can get on there, just mm-hmm. click the download, download yep. it, and just listen at your uh, at your leisure. we got our Facebook page. You can drop us comments, questions there. Like I said, I mean, do you have any favorite horror TV movies? You know, right. I would love to hear about more. Maybe there's some that I don't know about. I mean, yeah. there's, there's plenty of them that I've seen, but there might be some that's under the radar for me. I mean, let me know would you like to hear more tv movies on here I'm, I'm not opposed to doing some other scary tv movies if uh if you like these two that we've done you know if you want to hear more
2: of them let i'd me love know. to do it
1: yeah well i mean like i said i mean we can put that on the on the mm-hmm. on the calendar as well uh, if you don't have anything else i guess we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here and i guess uh happy halloween everyone and until next time i'm david
2: i'm sherry and
1: we'll talk to you again soon bye bye Thank <music> you.